And good morning, happy Thursday. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Griffin. What a night it was. We're going to talk about the Orioles, and we're going to talk about Gunnar Henderson. Kyle Glazer from Baseball America will join us a little bit later on. It was a night, um, you know, it was it was a cool moment, obviously. It was a very cool moment for Gunnar Henderson to hit a home run in his Major League debut. Um, again, God, it would be nice if these debuts would happen at home. I, I hate the fact that I have to be conflicted about this. I really hate the fact that I can't... Because in the moment, it, it, it's kind of joyful. And then you're like, why couldn't this have been in Baltimore? I don't understand. But it's what it is. Uh, Gunnar Henderson hits a home run in his debut. Had a couple of hits last night. That was very cool. Orioles' offensive woes were kind of continuing, although they did add on a couple runs late to, to make it look like a reasonable output. And thankfully, the pitching continues to just be... So much more absurd than you could have ever imagined the Orioles pitching being. Um, we will, again, talk about Gunnar Henderson a little bit more with Kyle Glazer. Of course, Baseball America just named Gunnar their number one prospect and put him on their cover. Kyle will tell us more about what the reasonable expectations are for this young man as he is officially an Oriole for presumably the rest of the season and beyond. Also this morning, Max Wagner, Delmarva Shorebirds, third baseman, of course, second-round pick of your ball. Oh, hello. Your Baltimore Orioles. Don't know what happened there. He's going to check in with us. We'll do our first pick segment of the year ahead of a big college football weekend. And coming up in just a minute, our friend Pam Shriver will join us um, up from uh, New York where she is getting ready for her ESPN responsibilities today at the U.S. Open. A pretty magical night last night. I don't care if you're not a tennis fan. Uh, I am. And secondarily, even if you're not a tennis fan, holy crap, that was ridiculous. Like, that's, that's w- what sports do that, you know, that's the reason why you like sports. That. And frankly, it's the reason why the theater at the U.S. Open in primetime is just so much better than anything else in sports. You get stuff like that. Um, we'll talk to Pam Shriver about it. Orioles will look to try to win their series with the Guardians tonight. Kyle Bradish is on the mound coming off an outstanding start. Last Friday night, hoping to back that up, he will face Shane Bieber at 6 o'clock as the Birds, again, try to hang in there. Again, still have to get more consistent offensively or just kind of the hope for the best. Just continue to hope that the pitching can be far better than could be reasonably expected. Orioles got a modicum of help last night, so they're back within two games in the wild card race behind the Blue Jays. And move the game back ahead of the Twins, so they are in the fourth position by themselves, two games back of the Blue Jays. Again, it's pretty critical that they stay at least within striking distance, because now we are sitting at a month left in the season. There is only so much time to make up so much space for the Orioles at this point. Will be interesting to see what the usage of Gunnar Henderson will be. Is he here to just be the third baseman? Is he here to play multiple positions based on what the Orioles' needs are? We um, had a powwow yesterday with Stan the Fan and Luke Jackson, and I argued that I would prefer that for now the Orioles give Gunnar Henderson a position. Just say, dude, you go be the third baseman. We'll figure this out in the offseason. We'll figure out what we're going to do at short. We'll figure out what we're going to do. I just feel like when someone is trying to adjust to Major League Pitching, and I get it, it didn't look like he needed much of an adjustment period last night. I understand that. If he can keep doing that, then you know he might be the greatest player in baseball history. But while someone's trying to make an adjustment to Major League Pitching at a time where you desperately need offense, 
I would prefer for that player to be given the opportunity to just relax and play a position. That's your spot. You don't have to worry about working on anything else. You're the third baseman or you're whatever you are. Last night, it was third base. We had seen in the lead up to Gunnar Henderson being called up to Baltimore, he had played other positions. So I would assume that's because the Orioles imagined him playing some of those other positions in the coming weeks. I, I don't know. Just an assumption that I'm making. I would prefer personally that they stick him out at third. But a heck of a night, Gunnar Henderson hitting a home run in his Major League debut and the Orioles winning in Cleveland. It was a heck of a night in New York as well. I would imagine our guest is excited about both of these things almost equally, as she is, of course, Baltimore's own, the Hall of Famer, ESPN analyst, and our friend Pam Shriver. And she's back with us now on GCR. Pam, it's Glenn in Baltimore. Thank you for taking the time for us, as always. I know you're busy. Hey, Glenn, it has been the craziest first three days in U.S. Open history, in my opinion, all thanks to Serena Williams. You, you, and because of because of what happened last night, I didn't realize uh, what you just mentioned about the Orioles and with uh, Henderson making his debut. So thank you for also getting me up to date with my other sporting interests. It was a cool night, there's no doubt. Uh, Pam, you've seen a lot of things, and particularly at the U.S. Open as a player, as a broadcaster, it's it's provided magical theater. But that last night, I mean, I, I still have goosebumps thinking about it right now. How in the hell is Serena Williams playing like this at 40 years old, having barely played tennis all year? Well, because the last couple of weeks, she's really just rolled up the sleeves and worked really hard. And, um, you know, obviously the Wimbledon match, which she was really underdone when she lost in three hours and 11 minutes. But the good news is she played a three-hour and 11-minute match didn't get injured and then signed up to play Canada in Cincinnati and then perform there. And, and remember in the middle of Canada, which she won a match, she, that's when the Vogue article came out and there was just so much interest in her Vogue article and the announcement that she's evolving away from tennis. And I think it you know, kind of interrupted her preparation for the U S open a little bit, but she then was able after Cincinnati, I think to be super focused on getting as prepared for this U.S. Open as possible. And we've seen Serena through the years not seem like she's in good enough shape to make a run at a major, but it was whether or not she could do it at almost 41. And guess what? Last night, the indicators show us that it's possible. Yes. I, I, look, I think the next follow-up question is, as exciting as it is, I think it's so cool that she and Venus are playing doubles tonight and it's on Ash. But is there any part of you that says – we might need to recalibrate. You have a chance to win the U.S. Open if you play like this. Is it the smartest thing to be playing doubles right now? Well, I, I thought her answer last night on ESPN to Mary Jo Fernandez was that, you know, when Mary Jo asked her about the doubles, was like, I need matches. She yeah. wants matches. And, and, and listen, their doubles partnership, when you're 14-0 in major finals in your career, your doubles career also needs a really good send-off. So, listen, I'm excited. I'm doing play-by-play in the booth for ESPN for that with Bethany Maddox-Sands, Mary Jo's on the call. I mean, it's something to celebrate as well. They're a three-time gold medal winner in the Olympics. Um, and then the next night, we get to go back to Serena's singles night. Uh, she is Pam Shriver. She's with us just a couple of minutes here on Glenn Clark Radio as we're talking about this. What I just said there, Pam, uh, two days ago, I would have slapped myself because I would have thought it's insane. But... 
I know Tomlanovich has been playing really well, and that's a tough match, and I don't know that the average person understands how tough a match it is, but the draw is a little bit more open than we expected it to be. Is it insane to think that if Serena can play like she played last night, she has a chance to do something insane here? Well, and I thought her mentioning how she feels like the target is off her back, a target that's been there since really, or that, that last wasn't there was in 98, because once she won her first major in 99, she's felt, you know, that she's been targeted. And um, so, so anyway, so I think the fact that she feels a little less pressure is great news, is great news for Serena's chances. So listen, it's still... Uh, and, and, and let's just put it in the era of a very unpredictable time in women's tennis. We're, we're 12 months on from a qualifier winning 20 sets in a row That's right. to win the U.S. Open. So why can't a 40-year-old who's already won 23 of them, based on what we saw last night, especially in the final set? Yeah, I picked Bella Haddad Maya, so um, my pick's out of the window now, and I almost don't care what happens at this point. Hey, uh, uh, Pam, I know I'm going to let you go in a minute. Can I can I talk about Frankie TFO for a second as well? Because sure. um, he looks good to me, and I, I, I know that it's a tough road ahead. There's a potential for Schwartzman in the third round and maybe a Nadal thing looming after that, but... You know, I don't know how to compartmentalize it because I'm not sure that he's ready to compete with the biggest stars on the men's side where there is still sort of a bit of a separation there. But I, I really think that he's kind of come into his own at this point. And I know as a fellow Marylander, you've, you've paid a lot of attention to Frankie over the years. Oh, yes, I have. And by the way, we got to tell your viewers, now we have to give it up, that I'm in the middle of hair and makeup at ESPN to stay on schedule. So excuse the background of the hairdryer, but this is, this is what it is at the U.S. Open. Listen, Francis Tiafo is one of the most charismatic players in tennis right now. And the fact he's from my home state just makes me really proud. I've followed his development. I, my son, a couple of summers, trained at JTCC in College Park, Maryland, where, you know, because my family was able to help take care of him when he was there. So, um, I don't know. I've just admired Francis. He's become more of a professional and tired Wayne Ferreira, who played during my era, and, and his whole game has been really upped as far as not just that he's had the talent, but he was missing the professionalism. Mm, that's a really interesting way of saying it. It feels like he's, I, I don't know how to describe this, Pam, it feels like he's comfortable in his own skin right now. He's always been an entertainer, he's always been, but I, there's some, like I don't know if it's confidence that I'm trying to say, it just feels like he's a player that that believes in himself, believes he can be, you know, some of the best players in the world, and and it makes it even more enjoyable to watch him. Well, and the timing for him maturing, for Francis maturing as the big three, you know, while there's still a live and still can win majors, obviously, there are going to be so many majors on the men's side up for grabs in the next five to ten years when Francis is going to be in his prime. So. You know, unlike the Sanga, Burdick, Ferrer era where they were pretty much shut out because very little opportunities were there, Francis, I really, I really think he can win one or two of these before he's done, and that will be an exciting time for Maryland tennis. Boy, that would be amazing. All right, I know, it's, Pam, I can't thank you enough. Oh, by for, the way, yes. can I mention, let me mention one other pro. Please. Um, Sophie Chang from Baltimore, right? Yes. I didn't even, I didn't realize how much she had come along. So, so she won a doubles tournament in Hamburg over the summer, got a wild card in with her partner, and yesterday they won their first round match coming from 2-5 down in the final set. So Baltimore, 
is in the U.S. Open, second round of the doubles, and it's just it's, it's kind of cool. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I had almost completely forgotten that Sophie was from from the Baltimore area. That thank you, Pam Schreiber. Thank you, you, you so much. You bet. Hey, I, and I, tune in tonight. To yes, that's our, so all day cool. Long to ESPN's coverage. So cool, Pam. Thank you so much for squeezing us in for a couple minutes. I really all right, appreciate. Say it hi always. to my pals in Baltimore. Will Thanks do. So much. Pam Shriver, the Hall of Famer, joining us here on GCR as uh, she's getting ready for uh, her day of coverage on ESPN, literally coming on with us from the hair and makeup chair, which is uh, almost overwhelming. Um, Greatly appreciate Pam Shriver doing that. There's one other really huge story this morning um, in relation to a topic that we've been discussing throughout the week. I mentioned a couple days ago that I thought the strategy for the Ravens, as far as Lamar Jackson, might end up being hey, we need to watch the next couple of quarterback dominoes fall. And one of them fell. And that's Russell Wilson, who got his deal with the Broncos done, and very much not for a fully guaranteed deal. Russell Wilson gets his extension with the Broncos done, five years, $245 million, $165 million guaranteed. I, I think that's important. Because what we now have is two quarterbacks post Deshaun Watson who both didn't go fully guaranteed. So if that's what Lamar Jackson is holding out for, then I think it presents the opportunity for the Ravens to go back and say, look, it's clearly not where contracts are going. If you want to force this thing through, you can. That's That, of course, is Lamar Jackson's option. If he is so hell-bent on fully guaranteed. Rick Spielman made this point yesterday. The situation that Kirk Cousins was in was different because he was truly a free agent. This goes back to the idea that was tossed out there months ago that maybe Lamar isn't afraid of writing things out to true free agency. If he is so hell-bent on fully guaranteed, then maybe he does. Maybe he continues to just... Say, all right, if I'm three years away, I'm three years away. But I want to be a full free agent because I want fully guaranteed. And I know if I get to true free agency, I will have that opportunity the same way that Kirk Cousins did. So I'm going to do that. I don't think it makes sense. I don't understand that because, as we said a billion times, quarterbacks don't get cut. Quarterbacks aren't at risk of not getting their money, save for you know career-altering injury. But you're at risk of career-altering injury now where you have no guarantees moving forward. So I think, again, this could provide a beacon for the Ravens to say, look, we're going to pay you an awful lot of money. But look at the evidence. We're not doing fully guaranteed contracts. It ain't happening. So why don't we give you a ton of money and you know you're going to get all of it. It really is fully guaranteed for you. We just don't have to label it fully guaranteed and change the course of football. And then it's up to Lamar, of course. It's up to him. It's up to him, I guess, his mom and, and whoever else is working with them. Is that is that enough? Does that make them say, okay, you're right. We're not going to be able to break. We wanted to. We wanted to do our part to try to force us towards fully guaranteed contracts. But Kyler Murray wasn't on board. Russell Wilson wasn't on board. 
I mean, there was almost no chance the Bengals were ever giving Joe Burrow a fully guaranteed contract. The Bengals, you know, claim poverty at every turn. It's kind of over. It's it's kind of dead. The players' hope for fully guaranteed deals kind of needed to rest on one of these guys breaking the team that they were working with, whether it was Lamar or Russell Wilson. They needed, or, or Kyler, they needed to create a trend. And that trend didn't happen. The line was not held. The owners held the line. They said, we're not doing this. We'll give you an awful lot of money. It's not the money that's the problem. Russell Wilson got five years, $245 million. I, I went to Perry Hall, and I know that's $49 million a year. $165 million guaranteed. And again, you can say, well, it's only the guaranteed money that matters. Not really with quarterbacks. Quarterbacks get their money unless they don't want it, unless they you know, decide to walk away. The deal extends to what he already had to make it essentially a seven-year, $296 million deal, something like that. Um, but the most important part is that it's not fully guaranteed. And I think that should that should be relevant in terms of what this means for Lamar Jackson. I think. Of course, obviously, I don't know that, and it might very well be that Lamar Jackson just says, I don't care what anybody else is doing. I want what I want. It's a, it's a strange game to play. I, I can't get around that. Rita was tweeting about it yesterday, and I, I've talked about it for a long time. I don't understand why the quarterback doesn't want to use the leverage they have. I don't understand why Lamar Jackson would play along without being close to a deal. I don't understand why he wouldn't. And again, it's one thing to say, I, in my heart of hearts, believe Lamar Jackson said I ain't playing in the preseason, no matter what. Which again, none of us are offended by because we know preseason football is irrelevant. But for a guy that hadn't played, that's coming off an injury, I, my gut tells me the Ravens might, might have liked him to go out there and play a series. Just get on the field. In a game. He didn't do that. But he didn't hold out. He didn't hold in. He didn't demand a trade. Any of the things he could have do to try to could have done to try to force the issue, he did none of those things. Which, you know, I can't shake. That's interesting to me. It's interesting to me that he chose to not do those things when it looks like the sides are at a stalemate. Being hell bent on fully guaranteed. If he is, and again, I'm I'm reading into the evidence that we have. It's possible that Lamar's, it's not. He just sort of responded to a tweet the other day, and it's really not that deep. I don't know exactly what it is. I would love to know. I, I The best guess was he wants fully guaranteed. The Ravens don't want fully guaranteed. That's the best guess, the most educated guess we could come up with based on the evidence that we have, based on the Jake Laser report and his Twitter activity the other day. If that's the case, this maybe throws a wrench in those plans. Today's show also brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Of course, week one, loaded week one of college football season is coming up on Saturday. You're going to want to be in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel for all of the games. It's the place to be. 
You got the bet pads available. You can put some money on the bet pad the start of the day. You can sit around, watch football all day, never have to get back up, go to the window, or even one of the convenient 61 self-service kiosks. Great food at Sports and Social. So many tremendous games to bet on throughout the course of the day. It's a great weekend. Big fight on Sunday night as well. Ortiz Ruiz. You're going to want to be there. And there are going to be big crowds this weekend. This is going to be a massive weekend in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel, Maryland. So email events at sportssocialmd.com right now to reserve your spot. All right, Max Wagner from the Delmarva Shorebirds is going to join us next. We're going to take a break here, and then we'll talk to Max Wagner. It's Glenn Clark Radio. What's up, everyone? This is Tyus Bowser, and I'm excited to tell you that I'm back with Season 2 of the Tyus Bowser Show in partnership with Pressbox and Great Ace Memorabilia. Join us on Tuesday nights throughout the season as I'll be heading all over town with my special guests. And, of course, our co-hosts, Glenn and Rita. Where's Rita and Glenn? What is it? I look forward to meeting you guys and talking a little bit about football and a lot about life. And if you happen to miss the show, you can now catch a replay Friday nights on 105.7 The Fan. Get all of your details for the Tyus Bowser Show right now at PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, September 6th at 7 p.m. at Guilford Hall Brewery, 1611 Guilford Avenue in Station North. The Tyus Bowser Show is brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialists and the all-new Ginsu Grill. That first sip, that first bite, Mm. start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 1140. Fendel Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 1140, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Hey, O's fans, enjoy Labor Day at the Yard this year with a full day of baseball, family fun, and a giveaway before the Orioles clash with the Toronto Blue Jays on Monday, September 5th at 105. Arrive early to celebrate Orioles slugger Ryan Mountcastle. Be one of the first 15,000 fans, 15 and over, and receive a Ryan Mountcastle t-shirt before catching the action-packed game. A variety of ticket options are available. Don't wait until the last minute. Secure your tickets now at Orioles.com tickets. Don't forget that full episodes of the show are available for free on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and YouTube. But warning, you get what you pay for. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR. Hey, let me uh, pull the uh, the curtain back a little bit. We are dealing with some uh, some phone-related issues. We can make calls out, but we can't make calls in. And we had told Max Wagner earlier the week that he could call us. And then, unfortunately, it's these these things. These, these damn things! 
that uh, that happens sometimes. So hopefully we can get that figured out in the next couple minutes. If not, we uh, we don't we do not blame Max. Want to make that abundantly clear. It is not his fault. Uh, please do not um, send him nasty texts. You know anything along those lines. Uh, I don't know why anyone would. That's insane. I really have no idea why I said that. Um, but just bear with us. It's our, our apologies, our sincerest apologies. Today's show also brought to you by ooh, Glory Days Grill. You know how much I love Glory Days Grill. Still some time for you to get to your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. I know today is the first day of September, but technically summer is not over yet. I mean, really, summer ends on Monday. I know legally summer exists for another couple weeks. And un- unquestionably, one of the next, this weekend for sure, but even one of the three, three weekends after that will be ungodly hot. Like, we'll start making our adjustment towards the fall, and then, like, the third weekend of September, it will be 105 degrees. It's just the way that it works. But the good news is, for a little while longer, you can still take advantage of the summer seasonal menu at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. So if you haven't tried the South Carolina barbecue chicken, if you haven't tried the uh, lobster roll with the grilled corn, if you haven't tried... The, uh, the the opener, the flash fried pork belly with the Korean number two sauce, which I am to understand is not leaving the menu anytime, and it better not. Any of those things, you should get over and try them right now. We have certified thumbs up all around. GloryDaysGrill.com is the website to get your order in. Again, GloryDaysGrill.com is the website. Um, all right, a couple of things. One from, this was from Jeff last night. Jeff says, Glenn watching Gunnar Henderson make his debut, I can't help but think about all of the discussions you've had about why he was ready now but wasn't ready before. I am not panicked about whether or not the Orioles are still trying to manipulate service time, but I can't help but think about it. Is there any other defense of why he wouldn't have been here a week ago? Uh, Is there? Uh, potentially, sure, sure, potentially, there are defenses like you know we had said we wanted we had set up a certain number of games. We wanted him to get a certain number of at bats. We wanted him to get a certain number of games at a specific position, whatever it was. They might argue, look, this was the plan all along. It's not about service time. It's about we wanted Gunnar Henderson who had not played very long at AAA, to play and get a ton of at-bats at AAA, and then we had decided before the season that September was the earliest we were calling up Gunnar Henderson, and as we've told you a million times, we're not veering from the plan. The plan is the plan, and we're not getting away from it. There's a lot of other things they could say that wouldn't simply be about manipulating service time, but the Orioles as an organization can't escape from this. Until they prove otherwise, there's going to be an amount of doubt, an amount of concern, an amount of whatever you want to call it about what their thought processes are. Until they are the team that aggressively works to get a deal done to keep a player around longer than the service time would allow, Orioles fans 
will continue to wonder about these things. And they have every right. And for as much as I think I'm on board with everything the Orioles have done, again, they didn't have to do this, but I understood what they were doing, why they were doing, and believed it could work. For as much as I've said, I see the vision, I see the plan, I understand the thought process, admittedly, the thought process has to include this. And I have to see that. I have to see a franchise that is willing to step up to the plate and get things done. And I get it. It takes two to tango. Adley Rutschman is the first guy of this group that really jumps off the page. I get it. Earlier in the year, we were talking about Austin Hayes. That seems silly now. I mean, a year ago, somebody might have said it about Ryan Mountcastle, and that feels silly right now. But we all understand why Adley Rutschman is different. None of those guys were thought of to be an Adley Rutschman type of baseball player. Rutschman is the first. Gunnar Henderson might be the next. It's possible that Adley Rutschman and his camp say, dude, no way. There's a limit with catchers. We're not giving you a favorable deal in order to get more years. We need to get the free agency at the youngest age that we possibly can. So if you want you want to get us before that, it's going to cost you something similar. It's funny because we brought it up during Would You Rather Wednesday, but something similar to the Julio Rodriguez deal. That's what it costs to do this. Because the risk for us, everybody talks about the risk of a player when they're young. Hey, you're being offered a lot more money than you'd be making otherwise. Yeah, you're trading off when you get to free agency and you're able to hit the open market. The risk to them might be greater that there's one chance for Adley Rutschman, particularly given he was a college player, so he came in at an elevated age. Pandemic pushed it back a little bit longer. It might be that Adley Rutschman camp says, we've got one shot, we're not doing anything like that. Sorry. You can pay us now like a free agent would be paid then. If you want to do that, we'll talk about it. But we can't delay getting to free agency. So there is no Ronald Acuna deal to be had. There is no you know Harris or Albies deal to be done with us. That's possible. Gunnar Henderson, you would think, would be in a bit of a different position. Obviously a little bit younger. Doesn't play as taxing physically a position as Adley Rutschman does. You would think that maybe Gunnar Henderson would be somewhere you could turn to try to get this done as well. The point being, the Orioles have to do it. And when you think about these things, when you think about protecting rookie status, you think about that, you find yourself saying, God, really? Is that your way of saying you're not going to do it? You're not going to be aggressive and try to buy guys out of arbitration years? in order to extend their window with you, you can't help but think about those things. It, it's not a guarantee. I can't say with certainty that was the thought process for the Orioles. It, the timing really makes you wonder. I mean, come on. It's really hard to ignore it. But do I know it as a fact? No, not at all. Or, and again, it might very well be that the two things work hand in hand. 
They set the plan because, hey, it was convenient. They didn't think the Orioles were going to be all that good. Then when they were, they said, look, man, we got a plan. We already went through it with Gunner. Gunner knows what the plan is. He knows what we're doing. Everybody's on board. We're not altering that. Plain and simple. Plan's not getting changed for Gunner Henderson. I also have no idea if they thought that he was going to come up and, you know, get a home run in the second at bat. I have no idea if they thought that they might have said, you know, he's good. But Stan pointed this out yesterday. His numbers at AAA were certainly not nearly as good as his numbers. His numbers at AA were perverse. I mean, like his numbers at AA were, were insanity. His numbers at AAA were good. I mean, really quality. And if he can do that as a major leaguer, we're going to be through the roof. But it might very well be that the Orioles said, look, he's not tearing the cover off the ball at AAA. He's performing well. You know, hitting a little bit less than 300. Maybe they would tell you, look, if the dude was hitting 346 at AAA, we promise you he would have been here. He didn't do anything that forced us to reevaluate the plan. That might be what the Orioles say. The point, of course, obviously now is that he's here. He's here. That's the good news. There's nothing to worry about. He's here. And the Orioles now, they can move into the next phase, which is the phase that I've discussed, the phase where you go try to sign a player, where you go try to plant the flag, give the fan base something to say, okay, we get it. We don't have to worry about guys just leaving. You can't escape it with Adley Rutschman. I wrote a column for PressBox a couple, not months, maybe a month ago, with recognizing the moment where the star turn was occurring. And if you went back and looked at the comments, like the first three comments on Facebook were something like, yeah, until he's a Yankee. And I know Drew was joking about it yesterday because Drew's a heel. Like, I understand what he was doing, but he's reflecting that there are a lot of people that feel that way. There are still a significant number of Orioles fans, or people at least in this area, that are inclined to be Orioles fans, that will say, well, you're just a farm system for the good teams. It's neat that they're winning, but why do I want to get invested when those players are just going to go play somewhere else? Not everybody feels that way. Some people would even say, hey, even if I think he's going to go end up somewhere else, he's here now. I'm going to enjoy it. You think the Nationals didn't enjoy Juan Soto winning a World Series for them? Imagine. Imagine being fearful. Of course, you know, the Nationals attempted to pay Juan Soto. Like, they they did do that. Um, Imagine being so fearful of what might happen next that you can't enjoy what's in front of you that some Orioles fans would say, hey, we know there's a chance that Adley Rutschman ends up playing in Boston in five years. But we're going to enjoy this now and hope that it leads to winning a World Series the way that it did for Juan Soto and the Nationals. And we're not going to worry about that. But you want to bring the totality of the fan base together in the biggest way you possibly can? There's one way to do it. It's by saying we're not going to be that franchise anymore. We're not just going to let guys leave. If we find someone and they're special, if we come away with a generational type of talent, a Manny Machado type of player, we want them to be an Oriole forever. 
We want there to be an era where guys can be Cal Ripken and Brooks Robinson. And I understand that the economics of baseball have changed drastically to make that more difficult. But what it would do for the fan base, even if it's not a lifetime guarantee, like even if you're doing it with a young player where you're just getting a, another couple of years, it's so significant. Again, macro, micro. I always try to keep things in context. Micro, right now, just want Gunnar Henderson to keep helping the offense. Just need a few more runs scored. Just need to stay alive, stay afloat, give yourself a chance over the last month of the season. That's the micro. The macro, of course, the decisions. The decisions about where he plays. The the shortstop thing. Pretty puzzling play from Jorge Mateo last night. I get it. Jorge Mateo's done amazing things. He's also done some wacky bits where he steps in front of Rugnet Odor. It's a wacky bit. Don't get it. Don't fully understand it. Both of those things... Um, I'm not telling you that that means Jorge Mateo shouldn't be the shortstop moving forward, but you know you got to file all of it away, and you got to think about whether or not, if Gunner was supposed to be the shortstop, that's where you go. But there will be people that would argue he could be a good shortstop, he could be a Manny Machado like third baseman, and if that's the case, then keep him at third base, keep him there. That's what makes the most sense. And from uh, Craig, one more. Craig says, Glenn, what do you think the chances are of Serena actually winning the U.S. Open? Uh, I would still go with Slim. I'd, I'd, honestly, I'd still go with Slim. I, and, but Slim, let's be fair about that. If she plays like she played last night, if she can do that for two weeks, she can beat anybody. That, that was insanely high level last night. I mean, insanely high level. If she can play like that, there's not a player in the world she can't beat. Sure. That's tough to do. It's tough to do for two full weeks. It's tough to assume that that's something that a 40-year-old can hold up. Serena, of course, has surprised us time and time again. But two and a half hours on the court last night. Going to play doubles again tonight. Then come back out, play a tough player in Tom Lanovich tomorrow. I mean, it's there's a lot there. But impossible? I, before the tournament, I said yes, because I saw the player that, that played this summer. That player could not win the U.S. Open. The player that we saw last night, yeah, that player can win the U.S. Open for sure. All right, uh, our fault as we are running late uh, this morning, but uh, let's catch up with the Orioles' second-round pick and now third baseman for the Delmarva Shorebirds. It's a pleasure for us to welcome Max Wagner into the program. Max, it's Glenn and Griffin in Baltimore. It's good to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Yeah, thank you all for having me on. Hey, man, it's good to chat with you. Apologies we had some issues this morning, but thank you for taking the time for us. Can you just paint a picture for me since the draft, getting settled in, feeling like a pro, how, how do you feel right now about where you are as you make this transition into being a pro player? Yeah, uh, I mean, a lot has happened um, since the draft. It's all been an uh, exciting time for uh, for me and my family and, you know, just trying to get comfortable and get a, get a routine down um, as I uh, start this, 
this journey, um, but it's been a blast so far. All right, you are originally from Wisconsin, correct? Yes. So I don't think of Wisconsin as like a baseball hotbed, right? Like, in my mind, everyone born in Wisconsin has like a, a piece of cheese stuck on their head, and they're supposed <laughs> to go be a, a, a football player, a, a, typically a lineman, right? What What was the path? Oh, yeah. for you, what was the path for you with baseball? Were you ever a, a football player and and why was it baseball for you? Yeah, um, growing up, I played uh, baseball, basketball, and football. Um, early on, I knew football was not was not my sport. Um, okay. And so I was kind of like a two-sport athlete growing up. And then I uh, kind of realized that I was pretty good at baseball, so I just stuck with it. And uh, granted, you know, training during the off-season when there's 20 inches of snow is not the easiest. But right. uh, but, but yeah, I mean, I just kept on grinding uh, with baseball, and you know, things just played out. How, how do you like? So, what do you do during? You say when there's 20 inches of snow, you could be describing an April day in Wisconsin when you say yeah. 20 inches of snow. So, so what do you do? Are you just like right now? If you were to play, sometimes in Baltimore on opening day, it's still like 40 degrees outside. Would you be comfortable in short sleeves? Like, would you say to yourself, yeah, this is what I'm used to. Like, I'm used to trying to train in these types of circumstances. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, 40 degrees was pretty much the first month of our season um, up there in Green Bay. And, you know, it's just uh, you got to make sacrifices if you want to be good one day. Um, you had kind of an explosion this season at Clemson. You went from being a guy who... Um, had two home runs the year before to 27 home runs this past year. Dumb guy question, Max. How does that happen? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I kind of just changed my approach a little bit and uh, thought a little bit different um, when I was up to bat and what I really wanted to accomplish. Um, And, you know, I I did that, trained really hard during the offseason and even in the summer ball before the season. And, um really, I guess, try to put my uh, approach into the game, and that's exactly what I did come uh, springtime, and it uh, just played out for me. Yeah, the results were insane. Max Wagner's with us here on GCR. You hit 370, 27 home runs. Did, did you always know the power was there? Like, if we looked at, you know, stats that you had, you know, in a summer league somewhere or something like that, would we see that the power was always coming or did it catch you off guard a little bit? Did you become a different type of, of hitter, a different type of player over the last couple of years? Um, I mean, I guess I would say I, I wouldn't consider myself a power hitter. I've always tried to be, you know, gap-to-gap um, kind of hitter. And then, uh, you know, home runs will just come. Um, but this this past season definitely, I guess, caught me a little off guard of just how, how many I hit. Um, but, you know, I just... Like I said, I just try to follow my approach, and good things will happen. You know, obviously they did. Do you, do you now, like, do you think of yourself as a power hitter moving forward? Like, after you do something like that, do you say, hey, man, that could be my ticket to doing, getting paid an awful lot of money to play this game moving forward? Do you reconsider your approach at all? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a thought. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm just going to stick with what worked um, in college and then obviously reassess. Uh, you know, when I need to and see what needs to be fixed um, with with my swing and stuff like that. He is Max Wagner. He's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Um, Max, you arrive in the Orioles system in a really interesting time, right, as you've seen how things have changed for this franchise. And 
what's happening starting at the major league level and all the way down through. I, I know, you know, you would have been excited no matter, you know, who called your name, but is there something maybe additionally exciting about entering into a franchise that looks like, you know, it's it's on the path to being a, a team that's competing to win championships in the coming years? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's awesome to see um, the Orioles, you know, have success and especially, you know, even their farm system is the best, uh, in the, in the MLB. Um, it's really cool to see and really a awesome opportunity for me and the other guys, um, to be able to develop and make their way up. Um, knowing that, you know, we're in good hands and that, you know, it shows that this coaching staff and this organization, uh, they do it right. So it's just awesome to see. Tell me about uh, uh, the mustache thing. So we we we've, we've <laughs> heard that a bunch of you have been doing it. Give me give me the story behind it. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think it was maybe we started in Salem uh, when when the first group got here, and I just decided to, to get the mustache going, and then all of a sudden, Judd Fabian said that he was going to do it when we got back to Del Marva. And then we did it for that week, and but uh, you know, Judd's been knocking the cover off the ball, so he uh, he got promoted up to high A. So now that he's gone, I don't know if he's still doing it, but I had uh, I think it was just a me and Judd and I kind of thing, and but but yeah, it was just you know something to get some mojo so, and. So are, are, like right now, if we saw you, are you still rocking it? I am not. No. Oh, you gave up on it already. I did. Once Judd was gone. Okay. Is it is it a superstition thing for you? Like, you know, hey, I, I went 0 for 4 one night. The mustache has got to go. Uh, not really. Okay. Uh, it's just, you know, something to, something to have fun, you know, about baseball. Cause, you know, that's, that's the biggest thing is uh, having fun with baseball and, you know, just doing whatever to, uh, you know, have fun with I get uh, it. you and your teammates. So. I, I, I get it. And then you break up the monotony of it. I also understand that. Like, a season can be monotonous, right? Like, you're going to the ballpark yeah. <laughs> every day. You need a couple things to break it up. I was told that it was it was inspired by Top Gun. Is that true? Um, I guess I really don't know. Yeah, okay. I, I just, <laughs> you I were just, just, you were just doing it to have a mustache. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I respect that, by the way. I respect it. Um, uh, getting to know uh, Jackson, obviously, the two of you selected right there at the top of the draft, and you know, of course, he was selected at the top top of the draft. Um, but you yeah. guys sharing that side of the infield, what have you found out about him, and how have you guys sort of of meshed, knowing there's a chance that the two of you could sort of be like the left side of the Orioles infield for a long time to come? Yeah, I mean, he's a great kid, very talented. Um, you know, I've spent a good amount of time with him. Um, and he's just an awesome dude. Uh, love playing baseball with him and just, you know, we always talk even if it's not baseball related and, you know, I just really, uh, grateful that I got the opportunity to, to meet him and be able to see him work and stuff like that. But yeah, he's just an awesome dude. That's cool. That's cool. Give me priorities for you, Max. Um, you know, obviously the season's going to be wrapped up here. There's one more homestand, by the way, for the Shorebirds next week, starting on Tuesday night. You're headed down for one last weekend at the beach. The next weekend will be your final opportunity to see the Shorebirds this season, a beach town giveaway on Friday night and so much more. Get to shorebirdsbaseball.com in order to find out more. Um, priorities for you, Max. What What is it that you say, hey, here's what I want to work on. When I come back next season, when we report to Florida, 
here's where I want to already be even better. Yeah, um, you know, this uh, three weeks that I'm with the Shorebirds, you know, it's really about learning about yourself and, you know, kind of learning about what you need to do to, you know, make that next step. Um, so obviously, you know, even if performance and isn't the greatest, it's all about learning on what you need to work on during the off season. That's def- definitely something that I've uh, accepted um, <clears throat> over these games I've been with Delmarva. And so, you know, it's really just, I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of stuff that, you know, can be worked on because I mean, there's always a part of your game that needs, um, some work on um so i guess i really don't have one thing but i know there's there's a good amount of stuff and i'm just uh i just i'm ready for the work i mean this is the this is what i've been dreaming since i was a little kid so it's just you know you get to play baseball so it's it's really fun Uh, all right now i'm going to ask you what i think is the most wisconsin question i can ask you what is the (laughs) single largest number of brats that you have ever consumed in one setting uh, it's a tough question, but I might have to go with probably like five. Okay, if I, I had to guess. I respect. I'm going to guess that there are there are many that have a number higher than that, but I, it's a respect. Oh, yeah. It's a respectable number that I can live with. Um, are you? Do you believe in the greatness of a cheese curd? Oh, that that's probably my favorite food. So for people around here, because I still feel like it's not common around here, explain. To people around here, what is the why is a cheese curd such a delicacy in the state of Wisconsin? Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, Wisconsin they have dairy, um, and you know, cheese is dairy, but it's really it's fried cheese, um, and I honestly don't know why it's so good, but I bu- I've I, had it ever. I think I honestly believe you can just say the words it's fried cheese, and people should probably understand. <laughs> Like, what more do you possibly need to know than that? It's fried cheese. Enjoy. Be thankful that you're alive. Yeah, Yeah, pretty much. Have you been able to, like, are are you a a seafood person at all? Have you taken any in since you arrived? Um, I guess I'm a little bit of a seafood person. Um, I haven't. I was, when I was actually in Baltimore um, a couple weeks ago, we took up. Uh, some of the seafood places in Baltimore. Okay. Um, but now that I've, you know, been in Florida for a little bit, and now I've been in Delmarva, I really haven't had the opportunity to have um, any seafood. But uh, we definitely went to one of the crab places alongside the water in Baltimore, and that was really good. Did you actually sit down and crack crabs? Uh, I believe my parents said I you, you were not ready for that jump yet we're gonna make that happen at some point at some point <laughs> we got to make that happen hey uh by the way i got i, I want to apologize it's the shorebirds.com the shorebirds.com is the website for you to go find out more get your tickets for the final homestand of the season max what about you twitter instagram where can uh, orioles fans be giving you a follow on social media um i got uh instagram is i think max wagner nine um Twitter is MDWags9. I was going to. Z. What, what, like the MD, that's not Maryland, I'm assuming. I'm guessing you've had this account beforehand, no. but it worked out kind of well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that it was that way. Um, I'm, I'm guessing that's just a middle name, middle initial? Yeah, I actually have uh, two middle names for MD. Well, it's, well you got to tell me then. Uh, Marvin David. Ma- Ma- so it's, is it Maxwell Marvin David Wagner? Is that the full name? 
Yep. That, feel, that feels so studious. It feels like you should. That, that maybe <laughs> your parents were actually trying to set you up to be a doctor instead of yeah. baseball that way. Uh, Max, man, uh, great to get to know you, dude. Uh, congratulations on uh, on being an Oriole and being in the system, and we can't wait to see what's ahead for you in the coming years. Thank you for spending a couple of minutes with us this morning. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Max Wagner, Oriole second-round pick, and uh, now with the Shorebirds for the rest of the season. Uh, looking forward to seeing what's coming for him. Dude went from being like a late-inning defensive replacement to a monster hitter. At Clemson, 370, 496, 852, 27 home runs this season at Clemson. Again, after hitting 214, 305, 345 the year before. Nuts. That's crazy. All right, our first picks of the year are coming up next. It's a big weekend in college football. Uh, KZ will join us, and we'll make our picks. This is Glenn Clark Radio. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. What's up, everyone? This is Tyus Bowser, and I'm excited to tell you that I'm back for season two of the Tyus Bowser Show in partnership with Pressbox and Great Ace Memorabilia. Join us on Tuesday nights throughout the season as I'll be heading all over town with my special guests and, of course, our co-hosts, Glenn and Rita. Or is it Rita and Glenn? What is it? I look forward to meeting you guys and talking a little bit about football and a lot about life. And if you happen to miss the show, you can now catch a replay Friday nights on 1057 The Fan. Get all of your details for the Tyus Bowser Show right now at PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, September 6th at 7 p.m. at Guilford Hall Brewery, 1611 Guilford Avenue in Station North. The Tyus Bowser Show is brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialists and the all-new Ginsu Grill. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka profiles Ravens tight end Mark Andrews' path to NFL stardom, from his late decision to play the sport full-time through having to overcome type 1 diabetes and more. Also, inside, we introduce you to football players at Maryland, Navy, Towson, and Morgan State, and we give you everything you need to know for betting football this season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of demos, ravens, and terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out BuyAToyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. 
Summer is in full swing, and so is the summer seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash fried pork belly with their popular Korean number two sauce, and try their South Carolina barbecue chicken, or back by popular demand, the lobster roll with grilled corn. Also try the irresistible crab and lobster fries, or the very berry salad with chicken. And for dessert, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jacks. This menu will be going, going gone. Find out more and get your order in at glorydaysgrill.com. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. To follow the show on Instagram, it's just Glenn Clark Radio. And to follow the show on OnlyFans, wait, I don't think you're supposed to know about that one. Any hoodle. Take it away, boys. All right, back in here on GCR. If you missed it last night, the stand the fan Charles Gary Stein caught up with Rob Ambrose, Towson football coach. You can find that right now. Wherever it is that you find, you know, stuff and things, pressboxonline.com slash video, youtube.com slash pressboxonline, facebook.com slash pressbox sports. Click on the videos tab. Stand the fan, Charles Gary Stein, and Rob Ambrose previewing, previewing, preview, pre, 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 previewing Towson football. Available right now in all of those locations. Um, for some reason, he's acting like a child about it, but he's our friend, Ken Zalis, and we've pulled him out of retirement literally to do nothing other than just participate in the pick segment that he's participated in for years, and he's being incredibly overdramatic about it. What, what, what is wrong with you? You know I have a job, right? What, you know, you, like, you, I'm you just act like you didn't have a job before. Like, you have the same I'm job like, you had before. I, I have more responsibilities now. What? It's, what? It, it's busier. What? It's like it's like it's like oh oh Glenn. I know you're not doing anything right now with your job or your or your kids, and but we're gonna call you like 15 minutes later. I, I'm sure that's okay with you, right? Well, if it's uh, you, know, Ken, you you understand how this works. If it's not, if you have a meeting I mean, or something I mean, like I that, mean, you say I mean, you know you say I can't, I can't. I'm sorry, yeah. I have a meeting. That's the way that it goes, and life goes who on. Was on before, who was on before me? Uh, it was Max Wagner, Orioles second round pick. Oh, I, no offense, yeah, he's probably gonna he's probably gonna be more important than you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so I'm so sorry to have to tell you this. He's <laughs> probably he's probably gonna be more important. <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on with you. What's going on, Mister uh, Important? Mister, I'm not. I'm not important. You I'm got just, like you I got like hours of your week back because you're not doing this anymore. Although you're still planning a hundred. Yeah, I got. I I had so much time to do things that I haven't done. It's amazing. The only problem is that my wife has realized I have more time, and that's a bad thing. Mm, that is not a good thing. There is nothing good that comes with that. <laughs> um, do you, do you have anything like okay? If if you offered one piece of advice to people who have their drafts this weekend, because, again, if you, you're not drafting this weekend, if you drafted before now, you're a psychopath and you're doing it wrong. Um, if you had one piece of advice to offer, and then we'll move on and we'll do picks, what's your one piece of advice? With your last pick that you take a position player mm. in your draft, mm. select Malik Willis. Mm. Mm. How's that? Mm. Why 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 you think they're going away from Ryan Tannehill, huh? I don't think they're going away from Ryan. Well, Tannehill. that doesn't make sense. And I don't it does make sense because your last pick in your draft is you're going to turn it over 17 times this year, okay? We we all play this game like, "Oh my god, I got the sleeper of all sleepers." But let's take a guy that if if somewhere in the first 4 weeks 
there's an injury that we don't wish upon anybody or this particular team is 0-4, the Tennessee Titans, and it's just not working. Malik Willis looked really, really good, and in fantasy, his game will play because of the rush yards. So instead of taking your eighth wide receiver or your third tight end or Geno Smith or or Joe Flacco as your third quarterback because you have a – take somebody that could be useful – if they hit. And if in four weeks it doesn't, you turn you turn that person over like you're going to turn any person that you pick there over. Why not take somebody that could be a home run? And it's not unreasonable. It's not unreasonable. All I've right. done this before, by the way. Eh. I, I know I'm retired. I'm not I'm not I'm not quiet. sure if you were ever actually good at this or not. I gotta be honest. I don't I don't know. I don't I'm know. I'm not either. really sure if you were ever good at it or not. All right, so here's the deal. We're doing picks again this year. It's a bigger group because I've had 100 producers quit. Um, the group <laughs> the group now consists of myself, KZ, John Proctor, Andrew Stecka, Griffin, seat at the table, Let's go. and all of our former producers, Paul Valley, who, of course, is still here on the bat around Saturdays, and Kyle Ottenheimer, which is remarkable considering he perished in a fiery crash some time ago, uh, but he continues to participate from the grave. Everybody's going to pay in 25 bucks, but that's not really the point of this. Like there will be $175 to be had for the winner. Not a big deal, just a little bit of money. The big deal is for the loser. Because the loser is going to have to do all of the following things. Eat a worm burger. And it might be worm and crickets. I'm going to let Tim from Bel Air figure out exactly how he can make it work. Tim's a genius. He'll make it work appropriately and disgustingly. A full worm patty. In honor of our worms, you will have to do it dressed as Dennis Rodman. But specifically, Dennis Rodman when he went out wearing a wedding dress. Now, Ken's like, I don't have a wedding dress. We'll find your wedding dress, okay? We'll find one. It's not that hard. We don't need to get it. We don't need to get an expensive wedding dress. We can order a $10 hand-me-down wedding dress off of some website. All right, pal? We'll, we'll take care of you. I promise. Oh, yes. Now, the issue for you and for the other baldies is that I want... Yeah, I, want, I don't have a problem with all this stuff. I, that's, but is, it's a problem for me. Would you be willing to grow a beard? I, I, it would take me forever to grow a beard, so no. What is forever, Ken? Define forever. Like a real beard? I can, I, enough, let's put it this way. Enough, if the, I, enough if of I, a beard. If, I, yeah. if, if, if somehow this would be me... I I will I I can grow a, a solid goatee within three. Good weeks. enough. You got to diet. All right. That's okay. the way it works. Yep. You have to grow a goatee and then diet because you can't dye your hair. Fantastic. Um, Fantastic. Also, we're going to need the loser to attempt to execute the legendary Scotty Too Hotty worm. Now, you'd say, well, that doesn't. Attempt. S- you know That's what I'm. Five. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Uh, other than I, I mean, the attempt is fine. Yeah, I, I, I'm good until I'm good until I hit the floor. Yeah, Griffin, I, mean, I can do the, all the arms. Griffin's stuff. a Griffin's a young man. Griffin's a yeah, young man. He'd, I mean, he'd be fine. I guess. Yeah. Um, uh, arguably, I, I think Paul Valley's in pretty good shape. I think he'd be all right. Yeah, he he he'd probably do it. The rest of us, either old or not in shape or both, and so it's gonna be a disaster attempting to do the worm. But because, like, for someone like Griffin, if he loses, it's not that big of a deal. 
you can perform the worm and, and hit whoever you want. Whoever the rest of us you want to hit with the worm, you can. But then that person gets to reciprocate and in too cool style give you a rikishi stink face afterwards so that's that's the penalty for the loser all right everybody understand we all good i feel like people were struggling with this when i sent out the email it's all right there in front of you so we receive the loser receives a stink face yes the loser performs the worm okay and then receives a stink face from 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 whoever it is that that you gave the worm to Oh, okay. So oh, I see. whoever okay, you I hit yeah, at the yeah. end of the worm, that person then gets up and gets their heat back by giving you a stink face. We all understand? Let's move on to picks. Fantastic. Okay. Seven college games this week. Griffin, where are we starting? All right, we are going to start two nights on ESPN at 7 o'clock. The West Virginia Mountaineers, they take on number 17, Pitt. And, and know, the spread yeah, is <laughs> uh, Pittsburgh Panthers minus 7.5. Everybody's picking Pitt in this, which makes me very uncomfortable because... I have no idea. Literally, the only thing I knew about Pitt was they had Kenny Pickett and they had you know Addison, and they don't have those guys anymore. So I don't really know anything about Pitt. Seven and a half is a big number. It seems like the world is on Pitt, so I'm just going to kind of ride with the people that I think are more intelligent than I am, but I don't understand why there's so much love for a team that lost so much. Yeah. No, Ken, so, um, yeah, you go next. Ken goes next. Okay. Yeah. So, so uh, I, this is always my worst week of this contest. Because <laughs> well, we don't know anything. Because I do. Yes. Well, especially in college. Like, all these people graduate, and you just say it perfectly. Pickett's gone. Their top wide receiver's gone. I don't, I don't have any idea who the quarterback's going to be for Pitt. But you're giving me in week one more than a touchdown. I hear you. In sort of a kind of rivalry thing. I'll take West Virginia because of that. All right. All right, very good. Uh, what? Uh, give me the whole crew. All Griffin. right, so I'm gonna take Pitt. Is what Glenn? You said you're taking Pitt. I'm taking Pitt. Okay, you're taking Pitt. I'm. But taking I don't Pitt. know why. To be very yeah. clear, I have no clue why I'm taking Pitt. I'm just doing because they got that number next to their name. So. That's no. It's because the internet seems to it's think good that enough Pitt reason. is good. John Proctor taking Pitt. Kyle Ottenheimer will be taking Pitt. Stetka taking Pitt. Uh, and then there are two backers of West Virginia. It is Paul and KZ. All right, all right, very good. Next. Next, we have the number 11 Oregon Ducks taking on number 3 Georgia Bulldogs. That one is Saturday afternoon. Uh, September 3rd is Saturday, for those that don't know. And it's 3.30 p.m. on ABC. It's in a neutral location, right? Uh, is it? I guess I, I should have known that. Yes, that's, that's yeah. your, that's your so. job. Oh, boy, you are really Kyle Ottenheimering this up. Well, I, all right, well. Uh, but you the line right. is Bulldogs minus 16.5. Minus 16.5. Oh, that's a huge... Yeah, this is the Atlanta game. This is the game in the well, stadium it, in Atlanta. It's well, a neutral location. That's I get it. It's, it's, it's I understand it's in the Florida. state of Georgia. I understand that. And there will be way more Georgia supporters that will be there than there will be Oregon supporters. But it's not at Georgia. It's in Atlanta. Okay, All sorry. of this being said, I am down on Georgia on the whole. I They lost so much of that defense. I don't know... There's the the connection here with Lanning ending up at at Oregon, and he, of course, knows Georgia pretty well. I just don't know enough to know if that really means anything. What I'm going to say for now is, what was the number, 16 and a half? 16 and a half. I'm taking Oregon to cover. I think they lose, but I'm going to take them to cover. Yeah, I I, I think Georgia, when it's all said and done, will probably be one of the top five teams in the country. Um, But they have so many moving parts to replace 
that I think it, it, it may take a half. And because it may take a half, I, I, it's too big a number for me to lay uh, of a team that I, I think is pretty good and, and traditionally can put up some points. So I'm going to take Oregon as well. Mm. All right, I am uh, going contrarian. I mean, it, it as... does help that like the coach at Oregon was the defensive coordinator for Georgia a year ago. Like he knows yeah. a thing or two about a thing or but two. Saying, he knows something. Yes. Yeah. All right, I think Bulldog. I mean, I, I don't think they can win another national championship, but I think they're going to be really, really good again, and they're going to want to set the tone in this first week. So I'm going to take Bulldogs and the points minus sixteen and a half. Uh, so you two are taking Oregon. Paul is taking Oregon. Andrew Stecka taking Oregon. Mm, that's not good. It's never <laughs> good when you're on the side. That's, a, that's <laughs> disastrous. <laughs> and then taking Georgia will be Kyle, John, and me. All right. All right. I don't really know if that's good for you, but I just know that it's not good that Stecka's on our side. That's what we know <laughs> definitively. That's that's bad news. All right, let's move. we got to move. All right, number 23, Cincinnati Bearcats uh, taking on the number 19-ranked Arkansas Razorbacks at Arkansas Saturday afternoon, 3.30 p.m. on ESPN. Razorbacks. Backs minus six and a half. This is another tough one because I feel like the internet is on Cincinnati here, but again, I have no idea what Cincinnati is post Desmond Ritter. Like I have no clue if they're any good at all. Um Arkansas had a nice season last year. Arkansas looks like a, a program that's turned the corner. Six and a half. And where is the game? It's at Arkansas. It is at Arkansas. I'm gonna take Arkansas to cover here. I'm taking the Razorbacks. Yeah, this was actually the easiest one for me to pick, and I I, I think Arkansas is a is a program on the rise. You're replacing your one your best quarterback you've had in two decades. Is that fair? Yes. Um, in Cincinnati, um, known more as a defensive team over the last ten years, and until the quarterback was there, uh, I'm going to take Arkansas. It's, a, it's under a touchdown. I'm taking Arkansas as well. Uh, in their like first two, in their first four games, the last two seasons, they're seven zero and one against the spread. I hmm, think. Uh, look I think, at you. Yeah, I think stats are on Numbers, our side here. Stuff. Um, so everyone's taking Arkansas except for John Proctor taking Cincinnati Ooh. and Andrew Stetka taking Cincinnati. Ah, we like that. That is good <laughs> oh, news. There we go. That is great there news for us. Everybody else great in the Razorbacks. News. All right, All moving right. on. Number five, Notre Dame will be traveling to Columbus take on the number two ranked Ohio State Buckeyes. That one is Saturday night at seven thirty on ABC. Buckeyes currently. Currently favored by 17 and a half points. I, I keep trying to talk myself out of it just because the number is so big, but I can't. Uh, Ohio State is drastically better than Notre Dame. Now, I, I think Notre Dame is going to have a fine season. Um, I, and I know that Ohio State is always good to disappoint you. Like, once you convince yourself of how good Ohio State is, they always have an absurd clunker that they throw in. Uh, of course, Oregon a year ago, like that you just don't expect whatsoever. Well, that'd be against Maryland this year. It would be really nice if that were the case. Um, but they're just so loaded. Like they're just so loaded everywhere. I, I Ohio State. I, I, the number I get it. It's nuts. The number is insanity. But Ohio State on paper is that good. Ohio State's the pick. These are two of my four least favorite college teams, and I can't, I hope they. Both lose. Is that possible? I don't think that's possible. I don't think. Okay, I, believe well, they, I believe they did away with ties in college football. <sighs> unlike, um, unlike the NFL, who still thinks people want to see it and made it, in fact, yeah, easier we, for us to have ties. People want to see ties. I mean, we take a field goal kicking contest or punch Jesus. kicking contest, whatever, whatever you want. We take something. Just give us a winner. Right. Um, the number's too big for me. I, I get it. I get it. I, I think Notre Dame. I, I like this coach that they have. Oh, I like I think him too. They, he gets the best out of them. Um, I think your Notre Dame, I think some bulletin board material because of this number. Uh, 
I'll take I'll take the points. I also got Ohio. Well, no, I don't have Notre Dame, but I have Ohio State. I think they win by three touchdowns. Uh, so go, picking Notre Dame will be Paul and Ken, and uh, everybody else is on the Buckeyes. All right. I mean, by the way, I do agree with Ken that I hate everything about yeah. this. Like, I'm gonna watch the game because <laughs> it's it's the game yeah, that's going on. But like, I hate everything about that. Other than like Jackson Smith and Jigba to me is might be maybe the most exciting player in all of college football this season. I'll I'll watch that dude. No I think he'll what. cover by himself. He might. Uh, all right, so moving on, Sunday, Sunday night uh, football, but co- in college, Florida State Seminoles will be visiting the LSU Tigers. Uh, that is Sunday night at 7.30 on ABC. Right now, LSU, or at least last night, LSU was favored by three and a half. I, I have no earthly idea. Uh, of course, this is Brian Kelly's debut. Um, I, I, God damn, I have no clue. Um, Both these teams are meant to disappoint you. Like, that's that's what they do anymore. Both these teams are meant to disappoint you. Um, oh, God. I, I This is a crapshoot to me. What's the spread? Three and a half for the Tigers. Just give me LSU because they're at home. That's it. And the number's small. I have, n- I have no other thought to this. I will know that you've hit... It's amazingly, you got all four of my just can't stand them college football teams in 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 these games um and florida state's in that top four so i'll take lsu i'll never take florida state in a yeah uh, i think florida state usually starts pretty slow to this season like it always seems like they have one of these primetime games and they just they they drop they they, they let you down so i'm taking lsu as well and it is a clean mm. sweep mm. everyone is on the louisiana mm. state university Probably. tigers it's good news for us because we're all probably wrong <laughs> go ahead Moving on to Monday night. we got Monday night football in the college sphere. Number four Clemson Tigers will be taking on the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets at Georgia Tech. That is Monday night, 8 p.m. on ESPN. Line is Clemson minus 22 and I, a half. I love that, that Steck is offended by the fact that we don't want him to pick with us. Like, like he hasn't paid attention to the fact that he regularly loses this contest. <laughs> um, I, I don't remember. What was the line again? 20, 22 <laughs> and a half. For Clemson, I whatever. I, by the way, and I'm like this is the other thing too. I'm struggling to fully be on board with Clemson as well, right? Like, I we saw them a year ago. They were not that good. I mean, like they were good against the ACC because the ACC stinks. I mean, the ACC is basically the same as the AAC at this point. Um, oh God, twenty two and a half. I, I don't have any reason to have any faith. I. I really want to pick Georgia Tech to cover. Like, I really want to do it. Just do it. But it's I, week one. Stop you really like You're not going to win or lose the contest here. I'm not going to be pressured by you, Clemson. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take Clemson as well. I don't know. I mean, this number could be 100. I I, I mean, it's Georgia Tech. I, I, it, no. <laughs> All right. Looks like I'm lone wolf in this one. Okay. Wow. Oh, my best what wolf, was, what when, was that? When you when you lone wolf, you got you got to howl. What, what just happened? There? You got to howl when you're the lone wolf. Great. Everyone that is I like. I love the fact that you committed to that. Like you didn't even bother to workshop it. You just went for it. Like knowing it was probably going to be terrible, you just decided to do it anyway. All right. Well, whenever you uh, lone wolf, that's what you have to do. All right, okay. If you say so. Everyone is on okay. Clemson, but me. I'm taking Georgia Tech at home. All right. Very good. I like it. They can they they'll, they can lose by less than three touchdowns. Maybe I have no idea. How they would could. I possibly you, know? Oh. You could. They could. Finally, they could. we are coming home. Uh, Buffalo Bulls will be visiting the Maryland Terrapins on Saturday at noon on Big Ten Network. Maryland favored by twenty four and a half. It's so difficult for me. Like this is so impossible for me. 
It's really not. No, because on, of course. It's really no, no, not. No, stop just, it, Ken. Just, on, stop. Just take the stop! flag out of your butt. Would you, would you settle down? <laughs> on paper, Maryland should definitely beat Buffalo by 40 points or whatever. The problem you, is, you know a lot of us have watched Buffalo. Maryland football over the... They, I know they stink. I actually... You know what? You don't think I know anything about Buffalo, Ken? Do you think I don't know anything about Buffalo? Buffalo? You don't think I don't know anything about their linebacker, James Patterson? Do you think I don't know about <laughs> Jarrett Patterson's brother, Ken? You think I don't know about Buffalo football? You Come, know nothing ca- about Catch me outside. How about that? <laughs> I know lots about Buffalo. Take your therapist. Go ahead. No, no, no. no, no. Stop. Stop. Shut up for a second, you... <laughs> Retired boy, shut up for a second. Here's what I know about <laughs> Buffalo, you jerk. I know as a fact that Buffalo won just four games all of last year, won just three games last year against FBS opponents, and won only one of those three by more than one point. Tell me about what I don't know about Buffalo, Ken. Tell me more about it. Tell me more. You know what you know what you know what Maryland is against the spread under Mike Loxley against non conference opponents? Do you know that? They're six and one, Ken. They're six and one. That's inherently the problem that I feel. First of all, Ken continues to try to do the bit where I'm just some silly Maryland homer, which ended years ago, but he just sort of stuck to it. It did. I promise you that. Uh, I still want them to win. Don't get me wrong, but like, you know, stop. Um, This is the issue eternally. On paper, Maryland is drastically better than Buffalo. In fact, Maryland is very good on paper this year. It's the thing that, like, the the smart betting people are all like, dude, Maryland is good enough to win eight, nine games. And I'm like, yeah, no. I've watched too much Maryland football to buy into that. You can't get me. I feel like a sucker as someone who's watched this much Maryland football taking something like this. But... Yes, in the end, I'll take Maryland, you jerk. We had to go through all that. I mean, I mean, I mean, we had to go through all of that to take the most. When this came out, I was like, well, Glenn's taking Maryland. I don't even know who they were playing. Glenn's taking Maryland. Yeah. Glenn takes Maryland every week. That's not even remotely unless true. Play, unless they play like Ohio State. I don't know if you've heard they play a lot of those teams, Ken. They're in the Big Ten. There will what? never be a time in my existence on this planet that I take Maryland minus 20-something. Give me right. Buffalo. There you, well, there you go. You, you, you know so much about Buffalo. Ken is taking, I know nothing. Yeah. Ken's taking pu- Buffalo. Zero about Buffalo. I know, I know that, the, that I will never lay 24 and a half points <laughs> and take the Maryland terrible. What, what are the rest of the boys doing? Uh, Ken's taking Buffalo along with Kyle Ottenheimer. Those are the only two taking Buffalo. Everyone else is on the Terps. See, you got Stecco on your side, too. <laughs> it's not great. It is not great. <laughs> Don't love that. By the way, Stecco joins us in a few minutes on Weekend at Bookies to try to help us win some money. Hopefully not picking college football. He's really good. He's really good at soccer. That's what he's good at. He is. He's he's excellent at soccer. Outstanding at soccer bets. Other things? Eh. Ask him how happy he was about the soccer match yesterday. I don't even was there a soccer match yesterday? Yeah, his team tied. Bad oh, tied. Okay. Bad tied. <laughs> oh, that's I'm so sorry to hear that. All right. Uh Ken, what can I plug for you, my friend? Absolutely nothing. This is fantastic. By the way, remember when we talked about this and I said this is where you're supposed to plug Joe Serpico? Do you remember when we planned this ahead of time? You said for for me. What? 
No, I just plug what? something. Can I plug anything for oh, you? Plug, oh, this you is where you would put over you. someone well, else. This is where, where you would say, oh, you know what? No, I'm out of the game now, but you know what I really want you to do? What the hell is going on around here? Maybe you should have stayed retired. You know, you know I was going to say that 10 minutes ago, but we were 10 minutes late. Um, but <laughs> in anyway, no, seriously, Joe's putting out great stuff. I mean, if you, if you followed me all these years doing fantasy football, uh, Joe's rankings are up on PressBoxOnline.com. Um, he's putting out great. If you're drafting this week and you know your draft position, go on to PressBoxOnline.com. Grab one of his his uh, mock drafts with your round. Uh, follow it. Um, he's put great content there. Great teams have come out of his his mock drafts. And just follow him all year long. Um, uh, we'll, we'll he'll he'll be. I think he'll be as good, if not better, than I was at this. How's that? Um, it's, uh, it's high praise. Well, you don't it's think I was praise. any good I'm, at this. I'm just not sure if you were or not. I'm not saying that I think you weren't. I just don't know in hindsight if you were any good or I not. Doc- I have documents that, that right. people who made up some kind of content. Yeah, sure. The cock- that I don't understand cock- how they nonsense. Gra- that, I, that, I don't have, that I have never understood how they grade it. Yeah. But they said I was good at it right. one day. Uh, love you, buddy. We'll talk to you next week. All right. <laughs> I'll talk to you soon, man. It's Ken, it's Ken Zalis joining us for picks this week. Uh, yeah, Simply the Bets coming up in just about 25 minutes. Uh, Stecka will join us and uh, Brad Cronthal from Alloy Sports. Uh, try to get you ready for a big weekend of betting. That's coming up shortly. Simply the Bets brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Homer- Hotel Maryland. Oh, boy. Let me try that again. That's another thing altogether. I, I'd like to know more. Live casino in Hotel Maryland. Uh, picks were also brought to you today by uh, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. All right. Uh, Gunnar Henderson did make his debut last night for the Orioles. Of course, it was a great night. A couple of hits, including his first career home run. Let's talk a little bit more about Gunnar Henderson joining us now. Of course, he was the number one prospect and on the cover recently of Baseball America. So let's let Baseball America's Kyle Glazer tell us more about the newest Baltimore Oriole. Kyle Glazer is with us now here on GCR. Kyle, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chat, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Yeah, my pleasure. Happy to join you guys. Uh, Kyle, can we assume that now that Gunner did, uh, you know, had two hits and a home run, this is just what we should expect every night for the rest of his career, correct? <laughs> Not quite, but yeah. uh, he's certainly a very, very good player capable of nights like this. There's no question about it. What What should we know? Like, I, I always like, people always like to do comps, and I don't, you know, people have a lot of opinions about comps. But what is Gunner Henderson as a baseball player, Kyle? I mean, he has a chance to be an everyday infielder. Again, whether it's shortstop or third base, it's going to depend a little bit on who else is around him, uh, but who hits for average and power. I mean, the kind of guy who hits middle of your lineup, you look up and he's at 280 with 25 bombs, maybe some peak years that creeps up close to 300 with 30. I mean, this is a guy who, you know, again, is just a really, really good ball player who doesn't have a lot of holes in his game. If it's 280, 25 bombs, great defense, great base running, that's a really good player and he has a chance to even exceed that. You bring up uh, defense right now. He's playing. He played third base last night. They've been moving him around a bit in the minors, and that might be what they plan to do with him. But going into next year, like when we get the opening day of twenty twenty three, 
ideally, what position do you think Gunnar Henderson should be playing? I mean, given Jorge Mateo's playing gold glove caliber defense at shortstop, it's probably third base. Again, is Gunnar Henderson capable of playing shortstop? Yes, that's something he proved this year. But again, it's not just about him in a vacuum. It's about what's around him. And, you know, Jorge Mateo has improved enough at the plate that you can start playing him every day with his defense. And if he maintains that, the Orioles' best alignment probably is Mateo at short, Henderson at third. Makes sense to me. Um, what you're describing Gunnar Henderson as a player, I, 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 look, we were having a conversation earlier today about like the one thing that the Orioles still haven't done is be the team that gets aggressive and you know tries to sign guys before they get to arbitration years and, and tries to replicate what the Braves have done. Is he that type of like? Is he the type of player that you say right now, dude? Go try to this kid's twenty one years old. Try to lock him up for the next seven years. You've got a corner piece for your franchise right now. Uh, again, he's really, really, really talented. I'll, I'll say there's no such thing as a surefire prospect. And even the Braves, keep in mind, they've made a lot of these, you know, locked up extension type of deals. You know, after I had played, at the very least, the bulk of one full season, in the case of Michael Harris, in some cases, you know, multiple seasons, the case of Austin Riley. So I, I would say that doing that right this very minute is probably a little premature. Again, young player, really, really talented, but all sorts of things can happen. I, I would give him a year, see how he settles in, see what he's able to do, and then start talking about it. Kyle Glazer from Baseball America is with us here on GCR. It's not my money, Kyle, so I'm willing to spend it, right? Like, that's just the nature of <laughs> where I am. Go ahead. Let's get this thing done. Who cares? It's someone else's problem. Um, what What do you have a concern? Like, if there's anything that you had to be critical of Gunnar Henderson about, what would what would it be if there was something? Yeah, I mean, I, again, that's the thing. There really isn't one, and that's kind of what makes him such a, a good player. Is he's just so well-rounded, who does so many good things. I think coming into the year, there was a question of, okay, you know, how realistic is it that he stays at shortstop? And last year, you saw the offensive potential, the offensive promise, but it didn't always translate into performance, and sometimes that disconnect can be, you know, sometimes a little concerning. And he answered both those questions this year. So you've got a young guy who's a really good athlete, who has shown the ability to make adjustments and has tools, there's not really a whole lot to knock him on. And that's a big reason why, you know, we at BA, after extensive discussions with scouts, front office officials, and, mm-hmm. you know, data and our own observations, made the decision to, to place him as our number one prospect in baseball, which is obviously a very, very, very lofty ranking and generally has an exceptionally high hit rate if you look at uh, our precedent. Do you, boy, do you have a way of, of being able to have a greater feel for the situation? Obviously, last night it worked, right? But he is entering in to a playoff race at 21 years old with no major league experience. And even Adley Rutschman, who we, we're all convinced is a mega star, um, and we've seen so many magical things from him already, even he took you know a couple of weeks to really adjust to major league pitching. Do, is there any way for you to have a feel for why maybe Gunner might be more uniquely suited to be able to be thrown into a situation like this and not have the moment be too big for him. Yeah, I mean, that, that's really, really tough. I, I, you know, I don't know if it's as much a situation of the moment being too big for him as much as it's a big jump. You know, AAA is the highest level in the minors, and even the gap between there and the majors is pretty substantial. There's always an adjustment period. You mentioned Ali Rutschman, Julio Rodriguez, who's probably going to win AL Rookie of the Year, got up to a 6 for 44 start. So, I mean, uh, there's always, always, always going to be an adjustment period. It's just a matter of some guys come up and are red hot the first month, and the adjustment period comes the second month. 
other guys it's a slow start then they figure some things out so everyone's different um you know if gunner is one of those guys who gets off to the hot start and the adjustment comes the second month well that might be good enough to help him push the orals into the postseason so everyone's different everyone's unique and just kind of have kind of have to you know let them play i think we get obsessed about making predictions of exactly what's going to happen and when it's going to happen we have to just let these guys play ball uh, Kyle, the Orioles have now called up two separate top prospects in baseball this season. Um, for the most part, I would say that if that happened in another organization, it would probably decimate their highly ranked farm system. But when you look at what the Orioles have, how would you grade their farm system even now without Adley Rutschman or Gunnar Henderson in it? It's... Well, Henderson technically still counts as a prospect for us. He won't graduate he won't, right. 130 at-bats. Um, I mean, you know, look, if you take Gunnar Henderson out, you know, the Orioles, we have them as the number one farm system in baseball uh, post-trade deadline, and a big reason for that is you have Gunnar Henderson, the number one prospect in baseball. If you take him out of it, they're no longer number one, but again, that's fine. You'd rather have those guys in the majors in a slightly lower-ranked farm system than a higher-ranked farm system, but those guys in the minors not helping the big league clubs. So... I mean, if you were to take him out of it, it's going to fall a little bit. But there's still talent here. Again, you look at Grayson Rodriguez, if he can stay healthy. D.L. Hall still counts as a prospect for us. Look at guys like Jordan Westberg. And, of course, they just add the number one overall pick in Jackson Holiday. Um, I think even without Gunnar Henderson, you know, this is still a pretty good farm system in terms of, you know, top-level talent. The depth is not as good as some other clubs like the Dodgers or the Guardians, but it's still a pretty good farm system even if you take Gunnar Henderson out of it. But, but he's the main reason why they're number one in our rankings without him. Uh, they would drop out of that spot. I, I get that. I, I, I think I asked the question in part because we've been having we have these macro micro conversations all the time. We're like micro, hey, the Orioles are competing for a playoff spot, but macro, they're probably not going to win the World Series this year, and that's what Mike Elias we assume is trying to build here. And I I keep wondering if we're still looking at a scenario where the bulk of the guys that are going to be part of a potential World Series you know championship Orioles team still aren't here yet. Um, that that. Even with now Gunnar Henderson here and Adley Rutschman here, you know, I wonder, you look at, you brought up a couple names, Colton Kowser you throw into that mix, who knows where we are with Heston Kerstad. I, I still just sort of wonder aloud if it's more guys who aren't here than guys that are here still as far as the Orioles building the ultimate, like, World Series contending team. Um, I think from a position player standpoint, we're starting to see the group get to the majors again. Austin Hayes, Ryan Mountcastle, Cedric Mullins all showed that they're keepers last year. They've, they've you know, certainly done some good things this year in spurts as well. You add Adley and Gunner to that. So it's a pretty good top five to start with. And then that way, you know, you look at the prospects, you know, kind of still in the system. You don't need every single one of them to hit. Only four or five of them do. You know, yeah, you're in a good spot. You look at the Mariners who are cruising to the postseason right now. They had a lot of guys fail. Jared Kalanick failed. Evan White failed. Justice Sheffield failed. But they had enough other guys succeed that mm-hmm. they're fine. Um, from a pitching standpoint, that's where the bulk of the guys are still on the way, still going to arrive. So the Orioles have the position player core where you could say, yeah, you start to see, you know, a team that could perennially contend for the postseason offensively and once some of these other guys, you know, get added up the last three or four pieces. You know, the pitching staff, uh, the bullpen especially, has been exceptional this year. But, you know, we need to see John Means get back healthy. We need to see Grayson Rodriguez come back healthy in the majors. We need to see some of these guys they acquired in trades maybe start to make their way up. So that's where I would say there's still a wave of arrivals to come. And they're going to have to supplement it with free agent signings and some smart trades as well. So the pitching staff is more where it's not there yet. But the position player group, you're starting to see it take shape. 
Kyle, there's a name you didn't mention in that group, and it's one that, that we're struggling with right now because the expectations for D.L. Hall, who's going to be back with the team out of the bullpen, have been pretty enormous um, internally in Baltimore from Orioles fans. But the more I talk to people around the game, the more I hear, yeah, I'm not sure that D.L. Hall's a quality major league starter. I think he might be a really good relief arm. Um, there are some people that say I think he might be Josh Hader out of the bullpen. But, you know, the, the expectation has been he was supposed to be a kind of top-of-the-rotation type of guy. Where are you with D.L. Hall as he's going to be back in the bigs and, you know, presumably in the equation for 2023? Yeah, this is why it's important to not read fan hype blogs regarding prospects and read, you know, credible outlets like ourselves at Baseball America. I mean, we talked about for years the health and the control to be a starter have just never manifested. Um, he's been pretty clearly a likely bullpen piece for two, three years now. And we've talked about that. We've written that. We've, we've said it you know, on podcasts. And again, he, he's a really, really, really talented left-hander with a big arm. You see the stuff, but you got to stay on the mound. you got to throw strikes. That's true even in the bullpen. So, um, you know, realistically, given his health track record, given his control track record, it's been a bullpen look for the better part of two or three years now. And, and we're seeing that come to fruition in the majors. Yeah, um, I, I, I get it. I, I, I get it. It's just that's you can't help. But when it's somebody that you've thought of, that it, it, it's it's a gut punch. But, you know, the good news is, boy, boy, you know, we have to start talking about like a Dean Kramer, or a Kyle Bradish, what they're doing at the major leagues this season at some point, don't we? Yeah, Dean Kramer has always been a guy that's kind of been under the radar. I remember when he was in the Dodgers system, Ranch Cucamonga. Uh, him and Tony Gonsolin were in that same rotation again. I remember watching them, and Gonsolin was the guy, but you know, Kramer was pretty good. People liked him. A lot of scouts with good track records said, hey, this guy can be a good four or five starter on a decent team, and we're seeing that. Um, Bradish, you know, we've seen some, some really, really rough outings. We've seen some good ones. Uh, I still am a little concerned about the consistency, whether he's going to really be a starter on a championship team. I'm, I'm a little more skeptical of that one. But look, I mean, you can go to battle with Dean Kramer's number four or five starter. Yeah, you, you, you can see that on a playoff team. There's certainly been some teams that have made the postseason with worse back rotation guys, no doubt. And then I just want to wrap, if I could, Kyle, is there somebody else within this system that doesn't get as much attention that you'd say, I'm really high on this particular guy, and I feel like we should probably be talking about him a little bit more than we are? I don't know if there's anyone I'd say I'm, you know, super, super high on, but guys who I think are interesting, um, Joey Ortiz, uh, the shortstop, is just a really, really good defender who's starting to find his way offensively a little bit. And Daryl Hernia is another infielder who has always had tools. We're starting to see some production in the lower levels this year. Again, I'm not going to sit here and tell you these guys are going to be superstars, that they're going to lead the Orioles to glory, but uh, they're two good players that have the good things going for them, and it would not shock me to see them in the majors playing some sort of role for the Orioles when they're, you know, potentially a championship contender, as you said. Good stuff, Kyle. At Kyle A. Glazer on Twitter is how you follow him. Of course, BaseballAmerica.com. Kyle, what all can we plug for you? You mentioned podcasts. What all can we get plugs in for? Oh, we've got tons of content up right now at Baseball America. We're rolling out our best tools in the minors, uh, players with the best tools at every single level, as voted on by league managers. Lots of Orioles on there. I encourage everyone to check out, check it out, BaseballAmerica.com. And, the next print issue of Baseball America. I've got some great stuff coming up just in terms of uh, end of the season, you know, minor league awards, major league awards as uh, the regular seasons wrap up here in the next month. And then we're going to have all the league tops, or excuse me, all uh, the team top tens. Those start rolling out 
uh, November. So uh, prospect season, top tens are, are coming sooner than you think. I encourage everyone to go check it out now, baseballamerica.com. And uh, you can subscribe to the magazine today online, uh, Baseball America. We're on newsstands everywhere. Check it out. Kyle, thank you so much for taking the time for us. Really appreciate it, man. Yeah, my pleasure. Anytime, guys. Kyle Glazer, Baseball America, checking in with us here on GCR. Man, I, I think I think we I think the you know it really is fascinating now because I I've kept saying over and over again, hey, the Orioles are going to give DL Hall the opportunity to be a starter. But are we inching closer to the answer being that they're not? We've talked about that. Let me go through this list again. Means, Grayson, Tyler Wells. Oh yeah, who definitely pitched like a guy that was worthy of. You know, getting an opportunity. Say so you want to consider Jordan Lyles. He's got an option. He's given you exactly what you wanted as far as innings are concerned. Throw, Austin Voth. I can't. I'm rolling my eyes, but he's pitched yeah. well enough to at least put him on this list. I mean, that's nuts, yeah. but he has. I I can't. I can't ignore that. Then throw in Kramer, Bradish, and Bradish. Yeah. Now. That we've listed seven guys without even listing D.L. Hall. We're all working under the assumption that the Orioles are going to look to sign starting pitching this offseason. So even if that's just one guy, you're talking about eight guys that should at least be in the conversation for the Orioles before you even get to D.L. Hall. And I guess somebody would say, well, D.L. Hall's higher on my list than some of those guys. And not all those guys are guaranteed to be Orioles. The Orioles can say they're going to spend money, but what if they don't sign a pitcher this offseason? Well, then scratch him off the list, of course. The Maybe they'd say, hey, if we're going to sign a pitcher, we're not bringing back Jordan Lyles on an $11 million option. So that would scratch him off the list. But I would think they would only do that if they're signing a pitcher, that they just say, hey, we'll sign someone else and not spend $11 million and Jordan Lyles will decline his option. So you're still sitting at seven. What's Austin Voth's contract situation? Good, good question. I mean, I just genuinely have no idea. It's not something that I've spent a lot, at no yeah. point did I consider the possibility. Oh, he's not even at, he's not even through uh, team control yet. Austin Voth is still controlled through 2025. Let's go. We got a weapon. So, again, seven guys. Seven guys, maybe eight if they were to both bring back Lyles and sign an outside starter. And then D.L. Hall in the conversation. I think it's very difficult to do to try to get him on board immediately with the idea that he's a bullpen arm. But what if he pitches in that role for the next month, finds success, and the Orioles say, "Dude, you're going to be an A bullpen guy for us. You're going to be a late. You're going to be our primary setup guy for Felix Batista next season." Would you think about it? I, I get that it's a weird world when I'm putting Austin Voth in the rotation but not putting D.L. Hall in the rotation. And and essentially, maybe it's a, we're not saying you'll never be a starter. We're saying right now your greater value is here and you can always be someone we'd be willing to stretch back out. 
I still think because of the value of the asset, they have to try to let DL Hall to be a starter. But and this is tricky. I I, I don't know. And as I map out what this looks like next year, like there's there's no doubt that means Grayson Rodriguez, Tyler Wells, those three are in your rotation next year. If you sign someone, that one that guy's definitely in your rotation next year. So that leaves you all these other names. And I get it. They don't have to promise anything to Kyle Bradish or Dean Kramer. Both guys have, have had their moments, but neither one has been so consistent that they've demanded a spot in the rotation. But they're also not guys that at the moment you say could be high-impact A bullpen guys immediately. Not to say they couldn't be, but you don't see it the way that you do with D.L. Hall. Just interesting. Just an interesting thought. We'll see how it plays out. Let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by the Tyus Bowser Show, which returns next Tuesday night, September 6th. That's my birthday. It is. It's a fact. It's my uh, Happy birthday. 39th birthday. Yeah, on Tuesday. It'll be my birthday. Well, I'm getting another way now. My 39th so don't birthday. Um, we will be at Guilford Hall Brewery, 1611 Guilford Avenue in Station North. It's an awesome place if you have not been yet. When I when I told Rita that's where we were going for the first one, she was like, oh, my God, that's where I want I wanted us to try to do shows there. I was like, well, good news. That's where we're going to be. Next Tuesday night with Tyus and a special guest. We will see you at Guilford Hall Brewery on Tuesday night. Can't wait to have you join us. Um, the Tyus Bowser Show is a partnership of PressBox and Great Eights Memorabilia. It's brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialists and the all-new Ginsu Grill. We will be all around town this season with Tyus and his guests. He's fired up. He's excited about it. I know it's disappointing that he won't be on the field for the first couple of weeks, but we'll be talking football and life with him and uh, his guys starting Tuesday night. We want to see you there. Uh, you can get one autograph per person, pictures. There's no catch here. It, there will be weeks where we will ask you maybe to consider making a donation or something like that, but unless we announce that ahead of time, there's no catch. Just come out, meet your favorite Baltimore football players on Tuesday nights this season. If you missed the show live, that's a bummer. We will get it up on um, YouTube, and we'll air it here on GCR, and we will additionally have it for you Friday nights this season on 105.7 The Fan. Not every week, but most Tuesdays. And you can find out more by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser, where the schedule for the first few weeks of the season is available now. Tidbit. All right, so last night, uh, this one from uh, the at Birdland Insider on Twitter. Last night, the Orioles recorded their 12th shutout of the season, their most since 2014. Um, and the Orioles have thrown 12 shutouts in 129 games this year after recording only 11 shutouts in 384 games between 2019 and 2021. How about that? And a lot of that due to last night's starter, Jordan Lyles, who uh, reached the 1,000 career strikeout benchmark. How about that? Uh, he has 1,001 career strikeouts now after his performance last night, joining a group of... I got I got to be honest about last night. I didn't I didn't know that he... I'm sure that they mentioned it when it happened. They I, did. The sound was not on. The, uh, the game, I, after I saw the Gunner home run at 7 o'clock, the sound on the baseball game was off. It was on my iPad while the tennis match was what was getting my full attention. Mm. So that was my distracted viewing the rest of the way was the baseball. Yeah, well, yeah, so we got to 1,001, so I guess he got to 1,000 later in the game. So 
I guess it makes sense for you. But he joins uh, it is now a group of three pitchers, so two more guys have crossed that 1,000 strikeout benchmark this season. Two more active starters have. So I want to know who those are. <laughs> and then there's four more guys. 1,000 is not that big of a number. Close. How would I know? Well, they're, they're big names. Let's see. Uh, I mean, Orioles have faced, of all, all of the guys I'm asking for, uh, the Orioles have faced uh, four of the six. The other two, the other two that they haven't are in the NL West. Sure. Um, this is really like it, it's just such a like you're trying to find a pit like who's succeeded but not succeeded yeah. too much. A lefty in the NL West. You're, you're, you're trying. To, Actually, they're right? both let, lefties. Let me, in the, okay. I'm just gonna start guessing some names. Um, Do we give you teams? Aaron Nola. No, not Aaron Nola. I don't even know if he would have fit in any of the categories. No, yeah, he's he a Yes, he definitely would yeah. not fit. You're saying NL West? Yes, NL West. They're both left-handed. Both left-handed. One of them crossed a thousand. One of them is very close. Right, we, we're going to end up taking too much. I don't know. All right, Giants lefty and a Padres lefty. Giants lefty and a Padres lefty. Um, the Giants lefty would be older guy. Older guy was on the Dodgers for a while. Was on the um was older guy who was on the Dodgers for a while. O- older guy who was on the Dodgers for a while. Uh, Alex Wood. Alex Wood. Is yes. That, is, is it older guy? That's what you think. He's. I mean, he's been around enough that he's got a thousand career strikeouts. Yeah, but yes, yeah. he 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 reached that earlier this season. A thousand and sixty six career strikeouts for him. And the Padres. And the Padres. This guy has not reached a thousand yet, but has not reached a thousand yet. Used to be in the AL East. Used to be in the AL East. Used to be in the AL East is not. Re- I'm trying to think of who else is on the Padres staff. Uh, God. Cy Young winner. Yeah, Cy Young winner. Cy Young winner used to be in the AL East. In the AL East, he was a Cy Young winner. He was an AL. He was a Cy Young winner <laughs> in the AL. Why am I blanking on who's on the Padres? Hang on, don't, okay. don't, <laughs> shut up. I know this. The Padres staff, of course, is Udar. No, no, Udar. Well, yes, yes. Well, he's I know, not left-handed, but, I, but yeah, correct. That's I'm. St- I I got it. All right, all right, I'll back off. It's um Musgrove. Oh, Snell. Yep. Snell. Blake Snell is at 942 career strikeouts. So with could reach there. Maybe not this year, but definitely by next no, year. Just to say the name. All right, and then right, uh, the, oh, well, the rest of you should have been able to get yeah, two, two Red Sox. Nathan Eovaldi, 1,053, okay. reached that earlier this year. And then next up on the list, Michael Waka is seven away. Oh, Jose okay. Barrios, 984. He is 16 away. And John Gray is not, has 965 right, career right, strikeouts. Very good. Such a random thousand strikeouts. It's such a random number in order to try. Big to milestone. Get. I had no idea Jordan Lyles was anywhere near a thousand strikeouts. It's just, it's just random. Well, you shouldn't have. No, I shouldn't have. Tubular is brought to you by the print issue of Pressbox, which is available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. Read it all. Pressboxonline.com. That's Mark Andrews on the cover. Great cover story from Boo Smolka. Go pick it up right now or read it all again at PressBoxOnline.com. All right, here's what's coming up tonight, totally tubular-wise. Orioles and Guardians wrap up the series. Kyle Bradish and Shane Bieber, 6 o'clock on Masson. Uh, we're just going to go through highlights. ESPN for the U.S. Open. Uh, it starts uh, on ESPN at noon and then moves to ESPN 2 at 7. Tonight uh, on Arthur Ashe Stadium, Venus and Serena in doubles action which uh, Pam Shriver mentioned she'll be on the call for. Also, uh, Francis TFO, Maryland's own, plays against Jason Kubler today, and uh, that's the last match on the grandstand, so it'll be part of uh, primetime coverage. Probably won't end up on ESPN2 because they'll be showing Venus and Serena. 
that's just the way that it works. And they'll show Raffi on a doll after that. Uh, college football, West Virginia Pitt at 7 on ESPN, Fox, Penn State, Purdue at 8, Big Ten Network, New Mexico State, Minnesota at 9, the rest of it kind of weak. Go to glennclarkradio.com. Um, that's that's everything else. Go to glennclarkradio.com. Not anything non-sports-wise. Not really. New episode of She-Hulk and then a show called Race for the Championship, which is like Drive to Survive for F- from F1. That was on Netflix, but it's this is on USA Tonight at 10 for NASCAR. Oh, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> Thank <Yeah>. you. <laughs> Thank you. I'll... I'll <laughs> I never watched the net, the the F one one. Yeah, which is, but I mean that one's while everybody else is pretending like they love but F one. Yeah, it seems like it's probably have. a rip off of that. It's like I supposed to be like a reality. I believe they're doing one for golf too. Oh, I, think really? they're, I think they're doing one for everything. I think there's going to be that show for golf. I think there might be one for tennis. Like I just everybody saw that all of a sudden there was a reality show and people pretended like they cared about F one because of it. And so all the other leagues were like, "Well, we better do the same thing." It's, it's fine. All right, uh, thanks today to Kyle Glazer from Baseball America. Thanks to Max Wagner. Thanks to KZ, I guess, and to Pam Shriver. We'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the tab at glennclarkradio.com. On the program tomorrow, Stan the Fan's going to join us. Uh, Anthony Heron from Big Ten Network. He's on the call for Maryland's opener on Saturday. Uh, Ben Verlander from Fox Sports will check in, and I feel like there was something else that was tomorrow. Uh, We're trying to get to Norfolk. They've they've been tough the last couple weeks, but we're not. That's not what I thought it was. I thought there no. was something else that was going on tomorrow that uh, had been mentioned to me, but I don't remember what it was. So I don't know. I'll dance. <laughs> Thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including our friends. Oh, Bo Smolka would be joining us tomorrow. Correct? Isn't that? Uh, hopefully, to I got to talk to him week? again. Yeah, we're trying to trying to get get a time set down. I thought this was the week. Yeah, I, uh, me too. But we're 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 this working on. Very it. Thanks, everybody, Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Costa Sin, Great Eights Memorabilia, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, Maryland Vascular Specialist, the all-new Ginsu Grill, Baltimore Orioles, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Thursday night. Go Birds. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too. If you're with us on video, give us a minute. Then come back and find us. If you're with us on audio, do nothing. Simp- or, sorry, Weekend at Bookies is coming up next. Welcome into Weekend at Bookies, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. In just a second, our buddy Andrew Stecka will check in with his stats and figures for the week. Then later on, our friend 
Brad Cronthal from Alloy Sports will go over the baseball slate. Obviously, very exciting weekend, the start of college football season. Lots of baseball, big fight on Sunday night. Andy Ruiz, Luis Ortiz. The U.S. Open continues to be going on, and that's a great reason for you to go show up today in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Sit down, camp out. You can get a betting pad, bet on tennis all day long. You can still go to their 61 self-service kiosks. And don't forget, right now, any $50 or more NFL bet will get you registered for a spot in the awesome FanDuel Combine coming up on September 11th. So you're going to want to be a part of that. Let's head out to the desert. It's a new phrase I just came up with. My friend in the desert. Just thought of that myself. Very clever. He's my buddy, Andrew Stecke. He's got his stats and figures. What's going on, pal? How are you? Good morning, Glenn. How are you doing? You're trying to pretend like you haven't lost two out of the last three football picks contests? I'm not trying to pretend that at all. I just... You know, you're acting like I lose every single year, and that's but, not the case. But it's two. Is it again? Am I saying anything incorrect here? You've lost two out of the last three. I've lost two two out of the last six or seven that we've. Done. Uh, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. That's not the question that I asked. <laughs> Look, I, 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 asked, I said, I said I, I asked, you're right. I, I, I asked. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Uh, re, what, what do they say in the Senate? I'm going to retake my time. I'm going to retake my time. <laughs> re- reclaim your time. Reclaim my time. Thank you. That's exactly what I was looking to say. I'm going to reclaim my time. Have you lost two out of the last three? Yes, Senator. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, you used to be good at picking soccer, but even that went awry the last time we did this. As uh, yeah, uh, last two, last Liverpool has really uh, been a pain in my rear end the last few uh, few times we've, we've tried to pick them, and uh, that's why we're shying away from that this week. And I can't believe you and I both uh, were were bet against the Ravens in the preseason. What the hell is wrong with yeah. this? What the hell? And you know the thing that the thing that really bugs me about that is that we've got to hear about it again next year. Oh, I assure you, that's that's a it's a far bigger problem. But but still, I mean, honestly, I was really trying to will it to happen so that I didn't have to hear this going into. That's not a good way to bet. That's not the way (laughs) supposed to bet with your head. The the number was there. We were we were getting almost two to one on 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 a stupid preseason game. I I mean, what can you say? Uh, last time out, Stecka did get the under nine in the Cubs Orioles game. Is that that boy? If you remember that one random Thursday game, was miserable. A three-two Orioles loss. Uh, he had the uh, Seattle Storm winning the series against the Mystics, which was very simple, two-zero. Um, you you also suggested that maybe you want to tease a little bit of money on the Storm winning the WNBA title. Um, yes, they are. They are now even, correct, as they lost last night. So it's one-one in that series with the Aces in the semifinals. And then he, uh, but, but got to win on the road against the top seed. That is, is true. Deal, so. That is true. And then uh, lost the other two. So he, he split last time around. Uh, we'll try to do better than yep. that this time. Stetson figures, Andrew. Where are we headed first? Uh, we're going all college football this week. Uh, oh God, we're staying away from soccer. Oh, oh we're God, away from baseball. Why would you do we, that? We, 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 We've dug in on the college football, no. so let's uh, let's yeah let's start with a game tonight. Uh, Central Michigan travels to play Oklahoma State, and we're going to bet the total in this game, uh, and it, and we're going to go under the fifty-eight and a half. Now I know unders are not sexy; nobody likes to bet unders, but uh, it's sensible in this sense. Uh, excuse me, it's fifty-seven and a half now. The line has moved a little bit. Um, the under for both of these teams was a combined fifteen and nine last season. They're both teams that are going to run the ball more than they're going to throw the ball, meaning the clock will be moving. 
Um, and Oklahoma State has a good rushing attack. Don't get me wrong. They can put up some points. But uh, Central Michigan also posted a top-20 rush defense last mm. week. So I have a feeling that they'll be able to, to handle that a little bit. Um, and Central Michigan also finished the season last year three on a 3-0 and streak of unders. So Ooh. the under is the play for Central Michigan against Oklahoma State tonight. Uh, again, that line moved a little bit this morning. I had it at 58.5 last night when I looked at it. It's down to 57.5, but we still like it at that number. I I, I mean, I, I sure as hell don't know any better, so <laughs> well, I'm willing to ride with you on this. Uh, let's go Chippewas, or let's go no one, I guess, is what we're really... That's all eternally let's, the... Let's, let's run the ball. Right, correct. Eternally the problem with betting the unders is you hate everything. <laughs> like, anything happens in the game. <laughs> this is the real issue that I have with betting unders and why I, I almost don't do it at all. It's like, you can't watch the game because literally anything occurs and you're furious. <laughs> One completed pass. You're like, no! But then it's an incomplete pass on third down, and you're like, well, now the other team can get the ball and do something. Everything that happens in the game infuriates you when you're an unders better. It's it's true. You just have to root for for running the ball, staying in bounds, maybe a red zone turnover here or there. But um, for me, for me, it's a sensible play for for. I I hear you. I'm not telling. I'm not telling you you're wrong. It's just a difficult thing to do. That's all. All right. uh, Next one. I hear you. Uh, We'll go Saturday afternoon. San Diego State is going to open up a new stadium and host Arizona. Now these two teams met last season. Uh, and San Diego State won that game 38-14. to 14. Well, that's because um, Arizona Washington... stinks. Well, yeah, Arizona was 1-11 last season, and San Diego State ended up winning 12 games, uh, including their bowl game. Uh, the line in this game is only 5.5, which is why we're taking San Diego State. It's a little puzzling that the line is that thin. Um, the Aztecs were 3-1 and one against the spread last September and have covered in four of their last five against Pac-12 schools. Uh, Arizona is also five and twelve against the spread, and not in their last seventeen non-conference games. And they are eight and twenty-four against the spread in their last thirty-two on the road. Um, San Diego State boasted a top fifteen defense last season. Arizona's got a transfer coming in from Washington State. It's just a really thin line. I feel like this line should be closer to to ten or maybe uh, even upwards of two touchdowns, and it's only five and a half. So I'm jumping on uh, San Diego State minus five and a half uh, on Saturday afternoon. Uh, they're they're hoping to have a, a big crowd out there for a new it's the new yeah it's the first game at the new stadium in San Diego. Um, it, by the way, this is not are they are they still trying to get soccer in San Diego? Is that still th- still a thing? I remember they were trying to push for an MLS well, they, team. They have a they have a USL team right um, out there. I, I don't I don't know for sure that that the MLS is going to be out there anytime soon. No, but, but the, that's what the, I, the, I remember the when US. the when the NFL. I, I know you love the USL, but that's not that's not that's not a thing. I'm sorry, I love you, and I, I like I hope we get it in Baltimore <laughs> at some point. I, I trust it. Is, it is it is out there. I mean, it, that, that's that's kind of my point. I, the, the, the team out there gets a lot of support. I understand that, but not that they would be playing in the thirty thousand seat college football stadium that they built. Like you're not going to play a USL match no, in, there they, in, in case you just unless you just. You know, like losing money. Right. Um, the, no, they actually play at the San, at, at the University of San right. Diego. Right. What I remember is that when they were building the stadium, there was talk that it would be a hybrid for both the college for college football and for a potential MLS team that they were looking to get there. And I just didn't remember if they were still in. And you know a thing or two about soccer, or at least you used to. Um, so I was wondering if you knew they were still in the MLS <laughs> how, conversation. How dare you? How dare you? Well, I don't how know. If, you? Have you seen your results recently? Have you, how dare you? have you seen your results? Uh, all right, let's move forward. Number three, Andrew Stecka with the Stetson figures here on Weekend at Bookies. 
Uh, we're going to go to a marquee game that you guys spoke about a little earlier on Glenn Clark Radio. Uh, that's oh. Notre Dame, Ohio. State. I love that show. Um, yeah, it's a really good program. I, yeah. I listen to it. Uh, yeah. kinda, let's, let's let's not Everyone, get carried away. Let's not say things that we're going to regret. We can enjoy the show and yet acknowledge that it's not that good. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's a good point. Yeah. Humility, humility is key. Yeah. Uh, I I don't like either of these teams, and I don't like Ohio State especially, but they are the much superior. It's a it's really weird. Notre Dame is like a top five ranked team, and throw out all the rankings in week one that so dumb but yes um it's a big big line but i really like ohio state minus the 17 and a half uh in this game the irish are really banged up on their offensive line they have a very very weak secondary and i just i, I can see cj stroud just cooking in this game just having a day uh this feels like a statement game for ohio state coming out i could see them putting up 40 plus points in this game um quite easily so i really like them minus the 17 and a half uh, Notre Dame's just working. They're working with a lot of new pieces, and you just don't know how they're going to come together. They've got new pieces offensively, a new coach. Um, I, I even kind of lean to the over 59.5 as well, but I'm going to take the 17, minus 17.5 for Ohio State in this game. Uh, you know, I don't disagree with that, but I don't like the fact that you feel that way because it doesn't make me feel good. So it's a very <laughs> conflicting moment for me as uh, I, I, I'm in utter agreement. Although, as I said, Ohio State is always good for an inexplicable clunker. Like, they'll be chugging along, and then they'll go play Penn State, and somehow they'll just drive. Like, I don't know what it is. The Ohio State is always good for one inexplicable clunker, and maybe it's week one. Other than that, uh, again, their talent is absurd. I mean, it is just ridiculous yeah. what they present offensively. And so, you know. Well, and on the other side of the coin, doesn't it kind of feel like Notre Dame could just get their butts thoroughly kicked against Ohio State and then go out and have a pretty good season, like go out and put post nine or ten wins and actually have a Well, are, a they, are they playing season, anybody else? Even, even at, well, they've got their normal – yeah, that's kind of the point. Right. They're going to have their normal kind of array of, of – the smattering of, of teams that they'll be able to beat a little bit, but – I just don't see them competing with yeah, Ohio right? State. Right, as a, uh, as as a okay, so they've got they've got Clemson this year. They do actually play a game this year, so they've got they've got they, they, this is probably the most reasonable Notre Dame schedule in some time, which does not bode well for them because when they play a trickier schedule, of course, right now, like Clemson's the number four team in the country. They were they were also very well uh, highly thought of a year ago, and as it turns out, they weren't that good. So we'll find out. Um, USC is the number 14 team in the country right now. We'll find out if USC is really that good. So on on paper, Notre Dame is playing a better schedule this year than they played in other years, but it, it could turn out to work very much in their benefit where these teams just don't end up being that good or as good as they thought. Um, but sure. yeah, I'm with you. All right, and finally? Uh, finally, we're going to go late Saturday night. Everybody loves a late Saturday night game. It's a 1030 uh, Eastern kickoff out in Corvallis. Oregon State is hosting Boise State. Um, Oregon State last season had a really, really bad defense. Uh, they were allowing 5.8 yards per play defensively, and they're returning nine starters. Um, now, they, they had a top offense, but they've also lost two of their offensive linemen and their running back. Uh, Boise State is returning 10 of their 11 starters on a top 50 defense, uh, and the betting lines have actually moved trending toward Boise State in this game. Boise State right now getting two and a half points, and I'm jumping on it. Uh, at minus 106. Give me the Broncos okay. over the Oregon State Beavers um, on Saturday night late. Uh, I, I feel like Boise State should be favored in this game. I think, but but that's road. my question. Like, If you're going to play them at minus 2.5, why not just pick them to win and, and get the plus money? Uh, fair. Fair, yeah. You can get them at plus 116 on the money line right now. Um, I, I, you know, 
I, I like I, the insurance of right. You know, I, you're only you're only paying minus one hundred six for the plus two and a half. So if, you know if something weird happens with an extra point or something uh, here and there, um, you know co- co- you know college kickers are not always the most reliable. But you're uh, but you're buying of, yourself uh, two points. I just don't. I don't know. I feel like if you're making a two and a half bet. I'm not obviously there have been teams that have covered very small numbers. I'm, I I understand that there is it, when when this game finishes twenty three to twenty one, Andrew's going to say ha ha! I told you, you right. idiot. But I just to me personally, if you're playing that number, you might as well play them on the the money line and just just go for it. Like I, it's after three, like at three and a half. Okay, I get it. You know, like it, it's a field goal. Like I understand that. But anything smaller than three, I always feel like just play them on the money line. Just go ahead and do it. I hear you, but you're also looking at the difference between minus 106 and plus 116. What's I get the big, it. It's not significant. Not I understand. It's not, it's not either, significant. So. I understand that. Well, because it's talking about two points. That's I get it. All right. Uh, very good. Uh, at Asteca on Twitter is how you follow him. Uh, I, I hope uh, that I, I'm in a weird spot. I hope these picks do well and the rest of your picks don't. Well, that's that's just rude and and disrespectful. So I, I don't, you know, you ever, you ever, I don't know how to feel about. Have that. you ever eaten a worm before? You ever consumed worm? Um, I have had crickets before. Yeah, but I don't know about worm. I can't remember a time when I, when I, when I was a, when no. I was a child. There was a book called How to Eat Fried Worms, and uh, for extra sure. for extra credit, our I believe our fourth grade teacher, uh, third grade, fourth grade, don't remember which one it was. Uh, we we. A group of us, group of the boys in the class, said, "Would you give us extra credit if we ate fried worms?" And somehow we convinced her for the answer to be yes. Um, and but she said, "Hey, you got to go get a permission slip signed by your parents. Like you got to do a whole thing." And I said, "No problem on it." And of course, uh, of course. none of the girls in the class got their permission slip signed, and so she said. Sorry, I can't go through with this. You can't have the extra credit. But being that we were eight or nine year old boys, we of course just decided to go out and eat some worms anyway. It's a thing that Have you ever had uh have you ever had tuna and sardines juiced down a down an ice luge or a tarantula perhaps? I have actually. Not as much as you, but I I have. I did try it when you were here, as you remember. Fair, fair, fair enough. All right, buddy. We will talk to you in two weeks. Thank you, pal. All right. Cheers, Glenn. Andrew Stecka, Stetson Figures here on Weekend at Bookies. When we come back in, we'll talk about the day's baseball slate. Our pal Brad Cronthal from Alloy Sports will check in with us next. Weekend at Bookies brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Hey, Birdland, arrive early at the yard on Saturday, September 3rd, when the first 15,000 fans 15 and over will receive the first ever Orioles soccer jersey presented by Pepsi. Don't miss out on this brand new crossover kit before the Orioles clash with the Oakland A's at 7.05 at the ballpark that forever changed baseball. What better way to celebrate Labor Day weekend than with your favorite home team on a Saturday night? Great seating options are available, and tickets start as low as $15 at orioles.com slash tickets. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. 
Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. The 2022 baseball season is in full swing, and the future is brighter than ever for your Baltimore Orioles. I'm Paul Valley, And I'm Zach Goodman. And together we bring you the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon with everything you need to know about the Orioles and baseball as a whole. From veterans like Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, and Ryan Mountcastle, to young stars like Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, and D.L. Hall. We've got you covered for every game, every pitch, and every debut. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash pressboxsports, or you can listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio. So join us live on the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here at Pressbox Sports. Summer is in full swing, and so is the summer seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash fried pork belly with their popular Korean number two sauce, and try their South Carolina barbecue chicken, or back by popular demand, the lobster roll with grilled corn. Also try the irresistible crab and lobster fries, or the very berry salad with chicken. And for dessert, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jacks. This menu will be going, going, gone. Find out more and get your order in at glorydaysgrill.com. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka profiles Ravens tight end Mark Andrews' path to NFL stardom from his late decision to play the sport full-time through having to overcome type 1 diabetes and more. Also, inside, we introduce you to football players at Maryland, Navy, Towson, and Morgan State. And we give you everything you need to know for betting football this season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily cover demos, ravens, and terps at PressBoxOnline.com. It's statistically proven that the show sounds better if you're not wearing pants. Like me. Right now. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. Well, actually, it's weekend at Bookies here on a Thursday. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Just for you-know-whats and giggles. It's been a heck of a run for Serena Williams so far. as She knocked off number two seed Annette Contavite last night. And, um... You know, wh- why why don't we just take a look, see, huh? Serena Williams is now the sixth favorite to win the U.S. Open at fifteen to one. Uh, Igas Fiontek, who's never won the U.S. Open, still the favorite at three to one. Coco Golf is the second favorite at ten to one. Garcia also ten to one. Samsonova at eleven to one. Sabalenka twelve to one. Then Serena at fifteen to one. So if you think something magical is occurring in New York, there is an opportunity for you to go make some money putting a bet down on Serena Williams. To would win you US recommend Open. putting that bet? No, I would not recommend okay. putting that bet. But I again, as I said, if she plays like she played last night, she can beat anybody, anybody at all. It's really difficult for her for me to imagine her playing like that for two straight weeks, but. Yo, if she plays like that, she I swear to God, she can beat anybody in the tournament. The other big event coming up this weekend, uh, big fight, Andy Ruiz, Luis Ortiz. Ruiz, a minus 430 favorite, Ortiz at plus 290. 
Let's talk about today's baseball slate. Joining us now, our buddy from Alloy Sports. He is a friend, Mr. Brad Cronenthal, and he's back with us now here on Weekend at Bookies. What's going on, pal? How are you? All good, Glenn. Busy, getting ready for football. We're ready to, you know, get our stuff out next week, but pumped up, and, and baseball's been awesome. So excited to chat about it with you. Before we get to baseball, let's talk about that. What you guys are doing at Alloy Sports, as you point out, football really starts, the NFL starts next week. Um, what is going to be available for folks via Alloy Sports for football season? Absolutely. So we're building an app. Mobile app will be available. You know, when you're in a state that's legal, that's, that's the way you're betting. So even if not, this is the way to do your research. Uh, that's handheld. Uh, we'll have that ready, you know, this weekend and, and plan to launch it next week. Uh, we'll see if the Apple store uh, corresponds with that. But that's our plan is for next week uh, to be live uh, with football. And we uh, have some really great stuff ahead. And and is does it going to work the same way that it's worked for basketball for other sports? Absolutely. And in fact, we made it even cleaner. So again, with the mobile design, just making the process really easy. Two platforms to choose from, whether it be our quick start, where you can build a strategy in thirty seconds or less, or regular platform, which again we've made that really simplified uh, a lot easier, but lets you go really in depth in the stats, the filters you want to add to a particular game. You know, if you want to look at good rushing teams, good passing teams, but then take it as far as do you want to look at teams playing indoors, outdoors, if it's inside a dome, uh, if it's raining, uh, teams on a winning streak. So we really let you get granular in that respect as well. There's a lot of data that will be available you for you via Alloy Sports and again, the app ready to go as football season gets underway. All right, Brad, let's talk about today's baseball slate, which includes the Orioles wrapping up a series with the Guardians. Uh, just just throw something out at me. Tell me, what's what's catching your eye? What do you like as you look at the slate today? Yeah, there's there's one bet that I do like. I, I like, unfortunately today, I like Shane Beaver's oh. over strikeout count, uh, over six and a half. Listen, uh, I, I, I like the Orioles. They, they struck out 12 times last night I know. and did fine uh, in the end result. So. Orioles, they've struck out 10 or more times in four out of the last six games. Bieber has struck out seven or more in four of his last six games. So kind of going with the trend there, though. Gunnar Henderson, love that kid. Really excited to watch him today. Uh, Look, man, the Orioles' offense is kind of what it is at this point. I certainly understand why it is that's the way that you feel. Um, I'm going to root for you to be wrong, uh, obviously. I'm going to root like hell for that, but I certainly understand why you feel that way. Uh, anything else that you see that says this catches my eye? Yeah, one game that, that's pretty interesting to me, and, and I don't love betting the over-unders in, in baseball. It's just so finicky from night to night, especially when you get two aces out there. You think you'll get, oh, it's easily hit under 7.5, and, and then the teams go 8-7, to seven and that's the game. Um, I like Colorado-Atlanta, but that said, I like Colorado-Atlanta going the under 8 today uh, or tonight in Atlanta. So it's Spencer Strider, who's, you know, been killing it, rookie starter for the Braves, and Chad Cool for the Rockies. Last start against the Braves, Cool went six scoreless, and Strider has given up literally one earned run. That's it, just one earned run in five of his last six starts. So seeing that number where it is, it's in Atlanta, not in Colorado. Uh, I expect Strider to, to cruise. It's kind of like, will Cool hold up his end of the bargain? And we'll see how that plays. But I like the under eight tonight in Atlanta. Those are my two baseball uh, bets today. Okay. All right. I, I don't have any reason to disagree with you about that. I like the thought process. Under eight 
for uh, the Atlanta Colorado game tonight. Um, what else been on your? What's going on in your world, Brad? What else is on your mind? Yeah, so I wanted to share one cool strategy that we've built so far for NFL. So I do want to share this with, with the viewers is when you're betting NFL or really any sport, you want to build up a sample size, you know, before you get really confident in your bets and your strategy. So week one in football, week two even, you know, those are kind of going back with our process to last year or previous years. So you do want to be cognizant as players move around, coaching changes are made, new schemes are developed and, and the opponents look different as well. So you know, the way we work is back-tested data and, and using that to, you know, help you bet with that those numbers into the upcoming game. So one strategy that we did build that we looked to run um, and save that for when new users sign up, we'll provide that for them. We didn't come up with a name for it yet, but this is a sneak preview. It's a strategy. We'll tell you the stats. So it comes off of broken rushing tackles per game. Okay. That higher number there. And teams that, as an offense, commit lower penalty yards per game. And looking solely at, mm-hmm, and then looking solely at road teams in this scenario. So, and why so, is that? Why just road teams? We wanted to see how it worked. You know, we got better results oh, got when it was got just okay. road teams okay. versus overall. So, honestly, it's just trial and error. You're playing around. You see the numbers. Hey, maybe how do road teams perform versus just every team straight up? So, we got results of since 2019. We ran it for three years. Results were 71, 46, and 6 against the spread if you were a close underdog. So we're determining that spread range between 0 and plus 5. So basically a 58% win percentage. If your team was better at these categories, they were on the road, and then they were in the spread range of you know 0 to plus 5. So a 58% win percentage, a 15% return on investment for you. There's a game that fits in week 1. And again, be cognizant of week one, week two games with the back-tested data. You like to build up that sample size. But it is a game that it's looking forward to is the Patriots plus three at Miami. Interesting. So they fit They fit this. I like this. I like you. Patriots plus three at Miami. I might uh, scramble. Hang on a second. Uh, I'm, oh, I'm sorry. We're in Maryland. I'm not allowed to do that. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> um, definitely not. I will write it on this piece of paper, and I will go to the FanDuel Sportsbook. At live casino and hotel, and I will get that in. That's the dude. That is next level type of stuff. That's what Alloy Sports is all about. I love that man. All right, um, uh, remind everybody where they can find you, where they can find Alloy, the whole deal, social media, website. One more time. Yeah, you can find me at b underscore Kronthal, K R O N T H A L. You can really follow us at Alloy Sports, and then come to our website, AlloySports.com. B where of our mobile apps coming out real soon, you know, looking at next week and um to alloy build winning betting strategies will help you, you know, sports betters win more bets. Love it, man. Brad Grunthal, appreciate you, brother. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks, all right? Sounds great, Glenn. Thanks. That is Brad Cronthal from Alloy Sports joining us here on Weekend at Bookies. All right. Um now as we wind down for this week's episode of the show. Let's find out if Griffin can make it back-to-back. If you were not with us two weeks ago, Griffin's gratuitous grouping hit for the first time. Now, only like three tries, right? This was, So it's not like he's he's missed a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, this it, was, it wasn't looking promising at first because I was missing like two of the three legs yeah. that I was going with. But you went tennis. Then, yeah, I went tennis. Tennis, CFL. Canadian football. And, and then uh, MMA. An MMA, and you nailed, you went three for three. Yes, so, I did. can you make it back to back? 
I what think is, I can. What does um, Griffin's gratuitous grouping look like this week? I accidentally just deleted the whole bet slip I Great. have. Great. But it's all right because I wrote it down. Um, I just don't know what the exact parlay odds are going to be. Well, we're going to need. I'll Actually, help no, you I out. think I don't. I'll help you out. All right, but first, I'm going to go four legs this time. Oh, okay. Get feeling gotta, froggy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going four legs because I feel really good about all these. I'm going to go with two college football games, soccer, and then back to the UFC, of course. All right. All right, so tonight, Tennessee takes on Ball State. Mm. Well, you know me. I'm a big. I love balls. Right. Ball. Well, tonight you don't because oh. we're taking Tennessee minus 35. And so the thing is, these lines have been moving a ton, the two mm. games that I've been looking at. Uh, but Tennessee is, was it 35 and a half last night? I think it went up to like 36, 36 and, a half. and a half. Yes. And then it went back down to 35. But it, so whatever it is, I think I mean, I like Tennessee a lot. Uh, it's, this is more of, you know, they're going to have a fast offense. They're going to want to showcase it tonight. But this is more about Ball State. They are traditionally slow starters to the season. The last two seasons, they have covered once in the first four games of the season. I don't know how many of those times they were 36 and a half point dogs, though. Keep that in mind. I just they don't know. Cover. They can't cover. That's the uh, that's the trend, uh, and it's going to continue. So we're getting off to a big win tonight with Tennessee and okay. the Volunteers against Ball State. Bold. Next. You think it's bold? Okay. Uh, tomorrow night, we're going to go to uh, Duke against Temple in college okay. football. Um Temple, this Temple team is going to be bad. Their win total is two and a half. Mm. They fired their last head coach. I forget what his name was, but he was a really bad guy. Nobody liked him. Um, so they're moving in the right direction. It wasn't Rod Carey, was it? I think it, wait, yeah, it was Rod Carey. It was. Um, but yeah, they, he, it was like a very toxic uh, environment. So I think they lost some players. They, Stan Drayton is the new head coach. I think they're moving in the right direction, but I mean, they're not going to get, they're not going to write it against uh, Duke tomorrow night. Because um, Duke also got a new head coach, but they got Mike Elko, the defensive coordinator from Texas A&M. So he'll bring in some SEC guys with him, I'm sure. And uh, and that line was Duke minus six and a half last night. And then this morning, when I was putting it, when I was looking at it again, they went up to nine and a half. And now I think it's settled at seven and a half. Either way, I like Duke a lot here. Temple is not going to be good. I don't think they even know who their quarterback is. And uh, and so yeah, Duke should even if it gets up to nine and a half again, I still like that. So I'd like Duke by double digits. So I'll take them right. in the points tomorrow night. All right. Then we'll go Saturday morning before the huge college football slates. Uh, I'm gonna go to soccer over in England. Leeds takes on Brentford. Ah. My Leeds United. Oh, your Leeds United. Yeah, they are my oh, Leeds United. Okay. I don't know. So that. I'm taking. Uh, I'm gonna take Leeds to win or draw. If you go to double chance, a little bit down. You can get leads or the draw, and that's minus fit minus one fifty. So if they win or tie with Brentford, that one hits. And uh, leads, they've lost. They've only lost once in their last seven matchups with Brentford. Uh, Brentford's playing a little over their heads after that four nil thrashing of Man U a couple Saturdays ago. Right. Um, but Leeds is also kind of playing I mean, over their every, heads. Everybody knows these things. Yes, Who Leeds is also. I mean, Leeds is also playing a little bit over their heads, but they're the better team because they're more experienced. Uh, and uh, and even if something wonky happens, the draw covers you. So. Great point. Yeah. Great point, Griffin. And then there's one more still. And there's one more. We're going to the UFC. UFC returns this weekend. They, have, they were off last Saturday, uh, much to my disappointment because I love watching the watch, watching the UFC. Uh, but So we're going to go to the co-main right before Tai Tuivasa takes on Cyril Ghosn in the main events uh, in France this weekend is where right. the UFC is. Um, but in the co-main event, Robert Whitaker is taking on Marvin Vittori. And uh, so Robert Whitaker, he's gone a decision in six of his last seven. Hmm. And all but two of Marvin Vittori's 12 UFC fights have gone the distance. So this one's definitely going the distance. And I think Rob is just the straight up better fighter. So we're going to get him at better odds to win by decision minus 120. Um, he'll, he'll be able to defend the takedown enough uh, that, you know, it doesn't go to the mat, which is where Marvin Vittori would get all his points. 
Um, so they're going to stay on the feet where Robert Whitaker uh, will dominate Marvin Vittori and cruise to a minus-120 decision, and that parlay, I think, comes out to around plus-1,000. It is exactly plus-1,000, in fact. Exactly plus-1,000, right. 10-1. Throw $5 on that, make, and you get a quick 50, or 10, make 100. Uh, these these would be your options. Though that would be the or throw more. Uh, I'm not sure I'm ready to get that froggy, Griffin. I'm not sure I'm ready to get that froggy. All right, that's Griffin's gratuitous grouping for this week. Again, Duke and Tennessee covering their numbers. Uh, leads or the draw. Leads winning or drawing at minus 150. And Robert Whitaker by the points at minus 120. Put that together. It is a plus 1,000 parlay. That's Griffin's gratuitous grouping for the week. We was it see. plus 1,000 even? Even. Wow. Even. Plus 1,000. All right. At the moment, that you know obviously yeah, will yeah. change uh, whenever you get there. But at the moment, plus 1,000. Get that ticket in. We'll see if Griffin can make it back-to-back. We will see you next Tuesday for Simply the Bets as we will officially be into NFL season. That will be what we'll be talking about throughout the course of next week. Weekend at Bookies again two weeks from today. Thanks to Brad Cronthal. Thanks to Andrew Stecka. Uh, for Griffin, I'm Glenn. May the odds be ever in your favor.